And good morning. It is a Thursday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Lots to do on the program today. We are going to get heavy into the slate from the NBA last night, the Kevin Durant issue from the Suns game, and him slipping in pregame warm-ups, not being able to play. Obviously, a big night in hockey coming up tonight. We'll get into that, of course, and preview this weekend's uh, Premier League action. I know it's a big one for that, and... Um, Unfortunately, Mount St. Mary's comes up short against Iona last night. We're going to break down all that on today. Ha <laughs> ha, JK, we're talking about Lamar Jackson. We are going to mix it up today, actually, a little bit. We'll have our NFL draft segment, in which yes. we'll talk about how it is that we go about mocking something to the Ravens when you don't know who the quarterback's going to be. It's the most difficult year I've ever had for talking about the draft. Like, I'm just going to operate in discussing the draft with the premise of... <laughs> Like, I think Lamar Jackson is going to be the quarterback. Because until I know something else, what the hell else would I do? Until the Ravens end up getting two first-round picks for him, and then we can deal with that and figure out what I, Like Until then, I'm just going to operate under the premise that Lamar Jackson is the quarterback in how we discuss the NFL draft. Uh, today's show is brought to you, or in, fa in, in fact, how about just a reminder, the gambling can be fun, but you should set a limit and stay within it. Remember that if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7, or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Look, I, there's nothing new to say since we did the show yesterday, despite the fact that I have done a full-on media tour. I feel like I'm promoting a book. I wish that I had something to promote with the number of hits that I've done all over the country. Uh, appreciate you're promoting Stevenson Lacrosse, right? Every time you I did find a way to to, to figure, fit fit Stevenson Lacrosse in when I was on with Cordell last night on one hundred five seven The Fan. Uh, but like this morning, I was on nine eighty with my buddies Pete Medhurst and Chris Russell, and I was on with our old friend Rocky Boyman out in Cincinnati yesterday. I was on my old station in Phoenix. I was even on. In Albany, New York, and I don't know why they cared about Lamar Jackson, but they did. Oh, I, th um, I thought they were asking about Stevenson Lacrosse. Yeah, that was what they were really trying to figure out. Um, there's nothing new to say until there is, right? Like, and I and I say that I have not been able to crack through and get any more information. Nor am I at the point of just like harassing for harassment's sake, right? Like I, because it's not my job, because I'm not a beat reporter any longer. I'm just not going to be the guy that's like permanently sending texts like something new. Has anything changed in five minutes? I I don't have to do that, and you know I'm too busy talking to Albany to do that. That's the way they with Stevenson lacrosse. <laughs> I'm too busy with those things. Tough one for the Stevenson women last night. Can't turn the ball over like that. Um, you know that's that's where we are. Like that's I, I don't have anything new to report to you. My opinion hasn't changed. Nobody's given me any sort of earth shade. This is because we do our show in such a different way. Somebody brought this up to me. And this was years ago when when Kyle was still a part of the show, and I, I wish I could remember who it was. But somebody said, you know, it's weird. I feel like the rest of us, whenever there's something that's considered breaking news, get really excited about it, and you're very dismissive of it every time, and you always say, yes, we knew that was coming. And I was like, well, yeah, that's kind of how we approach the show is we try to think two steps down the road. Think about all potential scenarios. Think about what that could mean so that it, it's very rare that something surprises us. Now, there could be a surprising twist to all of this. It could very well be that out of nowhere, even though we've talked about the New England Patriots potentially being the team that falls in love and says we'll do anything we can in order to get there, um, 
it's totally possible that when they do it, we'd say to ourselves, like, oh, crap. Like, didn't see that coming. Even though we did. Like, even though we, we suggested it, it still would be surprising and it still would be big when it to when it if it were to occur. So, you know, I, I will continue to monitor that. The, I guess if you were looking for news today, there was some clarification from the NFL that it's Monday is not the date the teams could begin negotiating with Lamar Jackson. That the legal tampering window only applies to free agents, and because Lamar Jackson is under the franchise. Sorry, he's under the franchise tag. He's not actually a free agent. So the legal window for talking to a player with a franchise tag would be next Wednesday when the league year opens. The problem with this, and this goes back to why perhaps the Ravens believe there's not going to be anything that would become poisonous, is that you want to spend your money on other players. Whatever money you have, you're going to want to use it to upgrade your team. And most of the guys that are worth spending money on come off the board in the first five days. So even if you, on day one, agreed to an offer sheet with Lamar Jackson, five days later, the Ravens could match it, and you missed out. That money that you had, you missed out on the opportunity to spend it on a player that would be worth something because you were pursuing Lamar Jackson. And again, all of that is quite possibly the calculus the Ravens did in making the decision to go the non-exclusive route. We will talk about that. A pair of former NFL GMs are scheduled to join us this morning, Mike Tannenbaum, um, as well as our friend Randy Mueller. We'll check in. We've talked to both of them at numerous occasions during all of this, but we'll talk to them specifically about the non-exclusive part about all of this. And look, we'll throw out the, the collusion word as well. And I'm sure that both of them will say no, because I don't think that if you're connect. I mean, maybe they don't care any longer. Maybe they would say, hell yeah, we are. Like, that's the way it goes. Or we were. I don't think that they would want to dance around that road. I think they'll say no, but, you know, we're not going to hide from it. That word exists. Um, I just... I I think... I, I have come around on the idea, certainly that it looks good so far for the Ravens, but that it's more and more likely to me, as long as the Ravens... It do indeed intend to match whatever offer Lamar Jackson gets. And as long as Lamar Jackson doesn't get so pissed off in the process, that's still the one wild card that you can say there's no reason for Lamar Jackson to feel disrespected, but you can't change how a person feels, right? How many times have you been in a conversation where with a with a someone of the opposite sex, they say, well, you made me feel this. And you're like, I, what? I did what? I just said I didn't want to go to Popeye's tonight. Like, what do you? What do you mean I made you feel insignificant? I What? But I don't get it. You can't control someone else's feelings. That's the reality. And even if the Ravens have just been this has all been a part of business, this has all been part of a game, if Lamar Jackson is so bothered by it, if he hates it so much that he goes back to the Ravens and says, "Hey, whatever offer sheet is on the table, don't match it. Because if you do, I'm not playing. Then what do you do if you're the Ravens? You can try to call his bluff. You can assume, okay, you don't really mean that. Like, you're not going to actually turn down $30-plus million to play football this season and do nothing. 
But if he's hell-bent on it, if he's making it abundantly clear that's the way it's going to go, then what do you do then? There are still possibilities where this could end up looking bad for the Ravens. But what I've accepted so far is it looks like a calculated risk that appears to be smart so far until we learn something else, until we learn that there is one team that's just hell-bent on pissing in the waters until we learn that Lamar Jackson is just furious with nothing that we've learned so far, nothing that we have any knowledge of so far. But if we learn that, then obviously I would change my mind. I would change my opinion about it. But for the first 30, whatever, where are we at at this point in the process? 30, 40 hours, 40-some hours? 40 hours. Yeah. The first 40 40 hours hours. of all of this, I would say it – it looks like the Ravens made a, a fairly. I still don't want. I still don't want to give you any a reasonable decision mm-hmm. to go with a non-exclusive tag. Just the fact that you know when players get the non-exclusive tag, it's very rare that they end up not playing for that team. Like, it's, it's only happened once in yeah. the history of the NFL. Yeah. And Sean Gilbert, correct. Now that again, that doesn't mean that this can't be the next time. Yeah. Yes. Like, yes, it's extraordinarily rare. It's very difficult to... And then somebody would say, why... But yet there's still a reason why it doesn't happen more often, right? Like, that's the interesting yeah. part about all of this, is you could say that and say, well, it makes, it makes sense, right? Like, why wouldn't you give the non-exclusive tag? In the history of football, it works out almost every time. And yet teams still don't do it. And there's a reason why they don't do it, is because they want that protection. They want to make sure... That nothing can go wrong. Will anything go wrong here? Still to be determined. And that's the reality. We still don't know. But right now, the tea leaves are reading like it's going to work out in the Ravens' favor. We're still almost a full week away from when a team is even legally allowed to talk to Lamar Jackson. So we'll have to continue to monitor that. We will do plenty of Lamar Jackson. I promise. We'll do plenty of it. We'll do... Every day we'll be doing this until there's some sort of resolution, and that could still be years. Like, that's the part. Everybody keeps trying to say, well, we're closer to resolution. Are we? Are we, though? I mean, I guess by, by, by sheer date alone, if you assume there has to be a resolution at some point, then even if that resolution's in 2025, yes, technically we're closer than we were yesterday. But I don't know when we're getting full resolution to this like i don't know exactly when that's going to occur we will continue to follow every aspect of it and charles of course will be monitoring every tweet every time an instagram story changes every you know today is a great day to be alive today i can't believe this is my life anything like that that pops up what did ronnie stanley just tweet yeah well, he was tweeting about O.J. Simpson trying Ronnie to get Stanley Lamar, was? well Lamar Jackson. O.J. Simpson's trying to get Lamar Jackson to go to Vegas, and Ronnie Stanley's not thrilled about that. Oh O.J. Jackson next this Halloween? Is, no, no, no! <laughs> the world we live in. Because you, c- all right. I don't want to. I don't want to be the old man that yells well, at a cloud any longer. I'm. I'm not interested. In uh, it, I was no. looking at it, or I was looking at it with my friend yesterday. And if there was like a free agency to like, you know, miss out on. Mm-hmm. This is a weaker class. That's like, like I think Jacoby Myers was like one of the top receivers. Yeah, it's not a great like, r- true free agent. Now there are still more players that will be cut 
between now. We've already seen a few that have been cut. There will be more players that will be cut ahead of the start of the league year because teams have to get underneath the cap or they want to clear space for them to be able to sign somebody else. So there will be more cut players coming this week. And, of course, those guys don't count against compensatory picks, and those are the guys the Ravens have traditionally preferred to sign um, in their history when it comes to free agents. So we will see how that plays out. But, yeah, I mean, it's not an, specifically at wide receiver. It is definitely not an overwhelming market at all. You still need to come up with a wide receiver. Trades, it's the same conversation, right? Whatever you're doing, you want to be able to do it and get it over with. Like, you want to get this taken care of and not have to wait out, hey, are we going to be able to do this? Because we don't know if Lamar Jackson's going to be interested in coming here or if the Ravens are going to allow him to come here or whatever it's going to be. We'll see. We'll see how it plays out. There is one other topic I would like to get into today, and and we'll discuss it more coming up in the... By the way, uh, as far as other news today, as I mentioned Mount St. Mary's, their season is over, that's sad. Tonight, and not only does Maryland play, Maryland plays Minnesota, which is a bit of a surprise. Yeah. Minnesota beats Nebraska in the Big Ten tournament. Shout out Minnesota. Yeah, right, <laughs> uh, Charles. Let's go Gophers. Um, I, you would think <laughs> it, it would be shameful to yeah. lose to Minnesota, but frankly it was probably shameful to Nebraska to, to lose to Minnesota. So I don't know what to say. It's a weird Can't league, man. It. No doubt, yeah. no doubt. But also, best case scenario. Yeah, it's it's a weird feeling. I know what you're saying, and I think you're right that it's the best case scenario. But is it? <laughs> like, is it definitely the best case scenario? I don't. I don't. They're not even playing with house money. That's lottery money at that point. Like, I don't know what. Like. What do you make of that? Is it say this is the worst team in the Big Ten? Yep, yeah, but they just won a game. <laughs> and didn't they just beat Rutgers too? Uh, did, Minnesota, did Minnesota just beat Rutgers? I'm pretty I, sure I, Minnesota I, just beat Rutgers as well. Like I'm I pretty know, sure. Hang on a second. I, I know Ohio or Nebraska beat Rutgers, which was a bad loss for Rutgers. And then did Ohio I'm, State beat Rutgers? I'm pre- hang on a second. Minnesota basketball schedule. I'm pretty sure that they just won a game that nobody thought they were. They going beat to Rutgers win. by one. Thank yeah. you. Oh, okay. All right. So all of a sudden. Surging Gophers. Yeah, right. Now, look, they, they they still lost to Wisconsin in there, but even that game was close. That was a 71-67 game. All of a sudden, Minnesota's not the easy out that they were earlier in the season. Tonight at 9 o'clock out in Chicago, or 9 at nine-ish, because yeah. it's the second game of the night session, so it just sort of depends on when the first game ends. But most college games have been running. Uh, I say that. Who knows? It could be 9.30. I don't know. But uh, that's the Maryland of the Big Ten tournament. Also, tonight, the MEAC tournament all of the area teams are in action in the MEAC tournament as uh, Coppin State plays Norfolk State and uh, UMES plays Morgan State. So those games, Morgan and UMES at 6, Norfolk and Coppin at 8 in the MEAC tournament. As Look, Maryland's going to be in the NCAA tournament, we know that, but these are now the final hopes with everyone else having, the elim- having been eliminated of another team from the area getting into the NCAA tournament. It's going to come down to whether or not someone can break through in the MEAC, and as Patrick Stevens told us, you know, it's fairly open. There is there is a a chance there for one of those teams to get through. Norfolk was supposed to be the team before the season that was going to be the world beaters. Howard's been the team to beat this year, but certainly not unbeatable. And in a scenario like this, there's the possibility that anybody could win, so an opportunity there for another team from the area to get in to the NCAA tournament. 
Today's show is also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. I posed this question today on Twitter. And again, we will really get into it a little bit later on in the show. Yes, I hear the same interference that you hear. I can't tell you where it's coming from. That'll be something that I'll have to assign to later in the day. <sighs> One step forward, two steps back at all times. I want to know, there is a report from Sports Business Journal that the Baltimore Orioles are exploring naming rights. Who'd you turn down? Myself. Just changed that chord. Just changed it. Well, we will see. We'll see what it is. After the show, we will figure that out. The Orioles have been taking the naming rights to Camden Yards to the market. Now, to be clear, to be clear, it would still be Camden Yards. Our understanding is what they're trying to do is sell... Oriole Park. Or field, whatever they would be, the first part of the name, so that much like... It's Lido's Field at Ripken Stadium uh, yeah, in Aberdeen. Tax Slayer Field at R- Camden Yards. Like what? That's that's what they're taking to the market, apparently, according to Sports Business Journal. As always, when something like this comes out, inevitably, every story or every tweet that I hate this, I hate it, I don't want this, all of that, right? I get it. I understand that. We don't like change. We don't like corporations. We don't like much of anything. We like the Orioles. Mostly. My question is, does it really bother you? Like, if it were to happen, if it was CFG Bank Field, if it was in PSI Net Field, I don't think that that's coming back, but you know what I mean. If it was... Joe's Cars Field at Camden Yards, would it, beyond just your initial, I don't like this, which I get, I understand, I'm not even telling you you're wrong, but beyond that, would it actually bother you? Would it have any impact on you a month from now, two months from now, middle of the season? Kevin Brown welcomes you. Uh, Good evening, Orioles fans, and welcome out to... Jerry's Toyota Field at Camden Yards. But the, did you find yourself saying, ah! As you're sitting at home. Yeah. You're not going to watch? Or like, you're not yeah. even... I, and that, I'm not even going as far as that. Not going to go to the that's park? Abs- that's absurd, right? Like, that's absurd. But would it actually bother you? Or would you just immediately get over it? And yes, I know I'm asking this in a leading way because I'm sort of telling you the way that I feel. But I would like to know your answer. I would like you to tweet me at Glenn Clark Radio throughout the course of the day. When we get into the 11 a.m. hour, we're going to have a bigger conversation about it. But the Orioles have taken naming rights, at least partial naming rights to Camden Yards, to the market, and are attempting to sell them at the same time as they are going to be given $600 million worth of public money from the state of Maryland. Does that bother you beyond just the initial, I don't like it. Because again, I accept the initial, I don't like it. We don't do that. Tweet me at Glenn Clark Radio. Let me know your thoughts. We will discuss it coming up a little bit later on in the program. Capiche? Capiche. 
Again, this is as much time, I think, in weeks as we've done discussing anything other than Lamar Jackson. Let's get into our NFL draft segment for the week. Uh, joining us now, our friend, he is, of course, now with NFL Media, NFL.com. He is our buddy Eric Ed Holman. He's back with us now here on GCR. Eric, it is Glenn. It's great to catch up, my friend. How you doing? It's been pretty slow for you guys. Yeah, you know, not much to really talk about. nothing to talk about. Really a boring time. I really appreciate doing this because I got to be honest with you. Like I know that what I do is I'm not in the army. Like I'm not digging ditches. <laughs> I'm not. Right. I don't do anything that's important. But I still have to right. admit. It is taxing at this point. Like, it is wearing yeah. on me to have to keep doing the same thing every day. Yeah, you guys deserve your hazard pay, no doubt about it. I, I get it. You know, anytime you see one of these stories kind of brewing up, you you, you know, those of us in the media, we always brace for our friends in those cities. Oh, they're going to have to dig in. Like Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers, you guys with Lamar. It's, it's, there is an end in sight, but we just don't know how it, far. It is. is there, though? <laughs> is there, Eric? I am not as comfortable as you are with the, the knowledge that there is an end in sight like there is some world right. where this could go for a while in yeah insight was was a poor addition <laughs> there is an ending inevitable at some point right that, yeah. that's probably a better way to say it all right eric have you like i remember seeing uh, mock draft 1.0 has there been a 2.0 yet that's gone up there is not no okay. my most recent endeavor yesterday was finishing my top 100 list which i i believe is actually going up tomorrow there's a lot of Fact checking on that one. So okay. yeah, that's uh, that's the next. I think the the next mock will probably be after the start of free agency. So as you know from all of our years of talking, I love draft season. It's one of my favorite things. Sure. Everybody gets new toys. I love doing this every week. Um, this has been the most difficult draft season that I've ever dealt with here because, and I, I, sure. I'm I'm interested from you in mocking and how you handle this I, when you don't know who the quarterback's going to be. And if you don't know if the team's going to be in the quarterback market, I feel like it's kind of difficult to put together a mock draft for a team, right? Absolutely. I mean, just for folks out there, here's how I approach mock drafts in general at this time of year, prior to trading to beginning, trading period opening, all that stuff. And it's you're trying to place players as close to the range you think they're going to go as possible, while also trying to reasonably pair up a player with a team that makes some sense given what we know at the time, right? That's why realistically any draft, any mock draft before April 1st isn't going to be as team specific as, as the reader would like it to be. And, and that's, that's the pitfall right there. But yeah, I mean, you know, whether it's the Ravens or any other team, you think, you know, as things stand right now, the way that the direction, the winds are blowing, what could they possibly do? You know, what, what's a reasonable solution? And that's, you know, that's the best I think you can you can try for. And, and I have sort of approached this until I know it's not Lamar Jackson. I'm just going to assume that Lamar Jackson is the quarterback of the team. And if that's the case, I, I think that we would all agree that the Ravens' top needs on paper at the moment would be wide receiver and cornerback. And you had them going sure. cornerback in your first mock. And it's interesting because if I had put this out, I would have been accused of being a homer. Um, but, but, but you of course are not. So you, this is very genuine from you. You truly believe that Deontay Banks, who's from right down the road here in Edgewood, Maryland, um, played yeah. at the university of Maryland is a worthy selection for the Ravens with the 22nd pick in the draft. He could be, he could be, I, I would, it wouldn't stun me. I mean, obviously 
you know, anytime a player has a geographical connection to it, you don't say, this isn't the old days, this isn't the 1960s where you're trying to drum up uh, local interest and right. in, in drafting down the road. It's more of a familiarity. Uh, you know, the closer geographically a, a program is to a team, the better they can develop relationships, the easier it is to make trips there. You know, uh, you look at, obviously, Pittsburgh and Kenny Pitt, right? They had to go about nine yards to figure out who their next quarterback Correct. is. If they didn't like him as a QB, they're not drafting him. But as far as Banks goes, I mean, I had a feeling he could be among the, the, the players who could rise with a, with a strong combine, and, and he did just that. I'm a little surprised there hasn't been more buzz on him, but I think part of that speaks to the fact that it's a really good year for quarters, um, which we haven't really had too much of, I would say. I mean, you know, a couple years, the last year, obviously, we had a couple guys on the high end who I think did really well, but, you know, overall, this is, there's a lot of different shapes and sizes of the position, and I think athletically speaking, Banks would be considered on the higher end. He's got pretty good length. The arms come in just a little bit shorter than thir- uh, 32 inches, which is considered long for the position. 31 is kind of the benchmark for some teams, or the, the floor, I should say. Uh, so he meets that. He meets the athletic testing, sub 4 four forty. You know, really good split in 10 yards. The jumping drills, I don't have, I think it was 42 inches for the vertical and over 11 for the broad. I mean, that suggests this is a really good, explosive athlete. So the length is there. The, the physical ability is there. Um, you see some fluidity to his game, ability to handle change of direction, guys. Um, you see some deep speed, obviously, and good instincts for the position as well. I mean, yeah, I think there's, there's still a sense that there's some refinement needed. Uh, but, boy, I, I, don't, I don't think – too differently about Banks as a prospect, even though they're different types of corners, than I probably did somebody like a Marlon Humphrey coming out as far as, you know, upside and and what they can become in in a few years. Wow. Um, That's a strong comparison, obviously. It seems seems unlikely if the Ravens don't make a Lamar Jackson trade that they'll be moving up in this draft just because they only have five picks in the course of this draft, Eric. But with that in mind, I think a lot of us are thinking about the possibility of them trading back because we know how much Eric DaCosta and, and that crew covets just t- sheer numbers of picks. I- yeah. If they're in the cornerback market specifically, is there a world in which, yeah, they could like Deontay Banks, but they could really like him at 26, and that would make more sense. So they could really like him. Or if they don't like Deontay Banks as much, they could like Keely Ringo at 28. Like, is there... After you get past, as we know, you bring up the class, you know, Witherspoon, Gonzalez, yep. Porter, those guys. After that group, is there significant difference between Banks, a couple of these other guys, and could they really get a cornerback that they liked later in the first round, or early in the second round, and add some picks in the process? If they could. Uh, you, you know, you, you risk dropping down in value a little bit. I think we get into that. You know, after Banks, there is kind of that little question mark region. I mean, depending on how people have them ranked, I mean, Cam Smith from South Carolina, a really confident kid who plays with an edge and, you know, has some, some, some ball hawking skills to him, I think. Um, Ringo, you mentioned, I don't, I don't think he's quite yet the sum of his parts. You know, the physical skill is, is leaping off the page. You know, I kind of compared him a little bit to, I don't know how familiar people there are with Rasul Douglas who plays mm-hmm. for the Packers who makes some big plays has some interceptions ball production's good but 
also gives up some, right? Like Trevon Diggs in, in Dallas, you know, a lot of people, you know, loved, loved the interceptions two years ago, but also had to note that he gave up the most receiving yards in the league. So there's, you know, and penalties have been an issue for Ringo at times. Some people say maybe his long-term potential is it, as its safety. Uh, another really interesting kid, and I don't really know what to make of him yet, other than that people like him, Emmanuel Forbes from Mississippi State. Unusual build, 6'1", 166 pounds. Mm. That's about as mm. lean as you'll see. Mm. Body fat percentage I'm jealous of, I got to say. However, you know, does that always hold up in the NFL? It's hard to know. We haven't had a 170-pound corner in the league who's six foot one in a long time. But, I, you know, the, the, the pick six production in college is almost unrivaled. Uh, he was a playmaker. And, you know, maybe there's a case to be made with, you know, some, some longer, thinner corners who can run that, you know, they can still withstand the physical part of the game. So it's possible. Eric Edholm is with us, NFL Media, NFL.com, for this week's NFL Draft segment here on GCR. Eric, let's flip over to the other side that we think the Ravens would be in the market for. That's, of course, wide receiver. And I'm kind of fascinated by just how all over the place opinions are. And and I say, you know, every time somebody tries to tell me I think this is a down year in at the receiver position, I get furious because I think about the year where the Ravens took – Hollywood Brown, and, you know, all that was available after that was, you know, Debo Samuel right. and DK Metcalf and A.J. Brown and Terry McLaurin and, De- you know, like, I, I I like a lot of these receivers. I, I get why maybe they're not as, you know, explosive as some years and it's not a slam dunk, but I like yeah. a lot of these guys. How do you rank this group of – it seems like five, maybe six guys. I know Booty is not tested well, and it's looking like he's fallen out of the conversation. But how do you rank these five guys that kind of are all thought of as all potential first rounders? And who do you yeah. think could be there at twenty-two? My my top receiver is going to be Jackson Smith and Jig. But now, I mean, he could go out at his pro day and run a really slow forty, and you know, other issues could crop up. But as things stand right now. Uh, Smith and Jigba is, is my top receiver, and I suspect he won't be there by their pick. I mean, okay. I just—that's just a guess. I don't know, but if I had to—if I had a guess right now, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, I, I think other teams are going to have different players in that spot, but that wouldn't shock me. I also like Zay Flowers a lot, and I think you know he's going to be a player that maybe gets a little bit more of a bump uh, as we get farther down the road. Here, he's not big. But he did run exceptionally well. His tape is, is really good. It's frustrating, though, because you, you watch their quarterback's inability to get him the ball. And, uh, you know, you sit there and watch for a quarter and a half between receptions sometimes because, you know, they, they tried to scheme up stuff for him, but it wasn't always easy. They just didn't have an effective passing game. Quentin Johnson, I think, obviously, Johnston, excuse me, if, uh, is probably fits the Ravens' mold. He's, you know, I don't know that he's ever going to be a true – high volume receiver one, but he could be a big play artist with size, yak ability, breaks a lot of tackles on tape. You know, he beat DJ Turner to the corner uh, in the, in the, in the semifinal game, which says, Hey, look, his speed seems fine. DJ Turner was the, the, the 40 yard champ in, yep. in Indy. So he's got to be one that I think you consider. And then, you know, Josh Downs is really interesting. Look huh. at the, what the commanders did with Jahan Dotson last year, and you kind of get a feel for what I think 
Downs will be in the NFL. I don't like him quite as much. He's not quite as big, maybe not quite as effective downfield, but still, I, I, I think there's a similarity to their games in, in some degree. So, yeah, I mean, the other names I've heard are Jalen Hyatt, you know, obviously a speed guy, vertical threat. You know, maybe he's Will Fuller. Maybe he's much better than that. I don't know. But that, that's kind of the group that I see at the top. There may be other receivers that 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 get mentioned in that in that as well. Uh, did you mention Addison in that group? Oh, Jordan Addison yeah. too, right? And I guess coming out of the combine, you know, you sit there and say, "Boy, he didn't run an exceptional time. He's not big." At in fact, at his weight, you would argue that's a below average time or a disappointing one. Even uh, am I going to put my entire draft evaluation on on that? No, but he's small and. If you're small, you better be fast. You better be really, really quick in the short area, too, or, or at least one of the two had better be an exceptional number. So, you know, we're kind of getting into the discussion the Giants had about Wandale Robinson last year. They took him at 42, and a lot of people felt, boy, that's, that's pretty high for a small player who doesn't have, you know, kind of worldly speed. So, I don't know. That's that's the debate with Addison, but his production, especially if you look at 2021 at Pitt, yeah, no question, pretty pretty phenomenal. No, well, no doubt, it was overwhelming. Um, I want to ask you, Eric, about a player that I didn't see in your first round, and it's interesting because he's a name that's been tied. And I don't know what the Ravens do now. Like they still don't have a truly game changing edge rusher on their roster, yeah. but yet they've used a lot of capital in that department. And I don't know if if they can just keep spending early picks there or if they have to say at some point to Mike McDonald hey you've got to figure out a way to make David Ajabo work you've got to figure out a way to make Adafi Owe work like we've put all this capital in we just can't keep chasing but Nolan I know after you get past the top of the draft it's kind of Nolan Smith from Georgia is the name I keep hearing about in your first mock you didn't even have him in the first round where are you with Nolan Smith I see, obviously, let's put the combine workout to the side for a minute. When I watched him on tape, I thought I watched. I was watching a second-round player. And that's no, you know, uh, I mean, I, that's a pretty good thing, right? Yep. I mean, second yep. round, we've seen a lot of great players come out of there. His size concerns me. Um, I really think he's almost a better run defender at, at um, considering what he is body-wise and everything. You know, we're talking about a guy who's 6'2", 239 pounds. Well, it's it's great that he ran those exceptional times because he wants to be an edge rusher. He had better be that quick and that fast and that explosive. That's the thing. I only saw one game tape where I felt like he truly changed the game. He's a disruptor, but changed the game as a pass rusher. And that was against Michigan in the playoff game, not this past year, the year before. And he was great. I mean, he was he was hunting down their, their both quarterbacks that, that Michigan rolled out that day and, you know, felt like he was living in the backfield. And I thought, you know, this, this senior year w- would be kind of his breakout year. Now the peck injury cut his season in half, so that, that you can't blame him for that. But I don't know that I saw a Hassan Reddick-like player who was – or Brian Burns or somebody like that who was just so explosive off the edge and – you know, uh, so disruptive that you thought, okay, he can thrive at this size. He can make it work. I almost saw a little bit more Vic Beasley, maybe, who had a couple of, you know, really nice seasons, but just kind of what I, what I felt, but that those workouts cannot be ignored. He's going to, and he's a very, I mean, he's got kind of the uh, Ravens 
temperament, if you will. He's an emotional player, wears his heart on his sleeve. Team, teammates love the guy. So, look, there, there's an intelligence quotient there and, a, and an emotional quotient that I think would add to whatever locker room he joined. Yeah, they can't afford another guy that's not a difference maker, though, right? Like they ha- If they're going there again, it has to be somebody – who can step up and get quarterbacks on the ground. They have been missing that. And day. he's good. I don't want to make it sound right. like I'm not saying I get he can't it. play. I, I get it. I wonder what his feeling is, yeah. Um, uh, Eric, before I let you go, and I really appreciate the time, if, is there a guy that you kind of – like? I'm, tr- I'm trying to make the comparison. The Seahawks, of course, you know, pulled off heist of heists last year, right, finding both Tariq Woolen and Kobe Bryant later in the draft. Is there someone who you – like has gotten your attention – that's later in this year's draft that you look at and say somebody could end up coming away with their own version. And I'm not even like pinning it down on secondary because I bring those guys up. Just somebody that you look at and say, there might be a true impact player that somebody's going to end up coming away with based on what I've seen so far. Yeah. I mean, a couple, well, a couple of receivers, first of all, that I think fit the mold. I mean, one of them would be Cedric Tillman at, at Tennessee. I, I thought coming into the year, he had a chance to be a first round pick. No injuries really kind of, derailed his season and Hyatt stepped up and you know they had so many other weapons even after he came back it you know it felt like he was sort of a secondary option I I ranked him somewhere in the 60s we still haven't seen him work out yet but I'm telling you I I saw the the makings of a number one receiver at least something close to that uh prior to that so that's a really interesting pick from that regard a couple other corners who I think could be in the mix Eli Ricks Alabama came from LSU we know the Ravens obviously have ties to the Alabama program. That's certainly something that couldn't hurt. Um, but this is a player who in 2020 looked like a, a future star. You know, four or five interceptions that year. You know, never quite got on track. Had some other injuries and issues that kept him off the field. You know, probably regrets transferring to Alabama given how crowded the, the secondary was. And it just didn't work out. Him switched to a new system. He's one that, that has some first-round-like skills. That, that it probably isn't going day one. Uh, Julius Brent, the big long kid from Kansas State, is another one that I thought looked pretty good at the, at the Senior Bowl. The question is, can he be that off-man guy or can he be that press-man guy and still have the recovery speed? I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's a fair question, but he's a, he's a day-two prospect that I like a lot. Eric underscore Edholm on Twitter is how you follow him, NFL.com to see his stuff. Is there anything else I can, uh, I can promote and plug for you, my friend? Yeah, other than that, yeah, the top hundred list I think is dropping tomorrow. That that hopefully gives people an idea of of uh, just sort of the big picture landscape of this draft. And it's a little better draft than I think. I I, I was panning this this year's draft uh, coming into the combine. I think I feel a little bit better about this group overall. So I think it's a you know it's kind of a B minus draft. Not the sexiest thing in the world, but pretty good. I I look forward to doing this again here in a few weeks yeah. if you're up for it. Eric, always appreciate you, man. Thank you for hopping on with us this morning. Of course, my pleasure. Enjoy the day. Eric Edholm, NFL Media, NFL.com, checking in with us here on GCR. Baseball betting is here, and you can get all of the best offers and bonuses when you go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers, like getting up to five second-chance bets, up to $50 each from PointBet, along with other great incentives and promos. you got to go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers, baseball futures bets, season specials, and player award bets are already live in Maryland. Pressboxonline.com slash offers now for your shot at winning big. 
It is a Thursday edition of GCR. Seeing your responses to our question today. Again, we will get into that coming up in the 11 a.m. hour with the news that the Orioles are shopping naming rights, or at least partial naming rights, for Camden Yards. We will cover that coming up a little bit later on this morning. But also this morning, we're going to catch up with a few former NFL GMs to get a little bit more context for the Ravens' decision to go the non-exclusive route on Lamar Jackson. Always appreciate Mike Tannenbaum taking a few minutes for us this morning. Of course, you see him on ESPN and the 33rd team. Obviously spent uh, his career all over the NFL, including time as general manager in New York and running things down in Miami as well. And he's back with us now here on GCR. Mike, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to catch up. Thank you for taking the time for us this morning. Yeah, nice to be with you guys. Mike, if I could, just when you first heard that the Ravens were exploring the idea of non-exclusive for Lamar Jackson and ultimately ended up going that route, what was your initial reaction about that thought process? Uh, you know, it sounds like it's appropriate. And now, you know, a team could, in theory, put an offer sheet out for Lamar Jackson. And if the Ravens don't match, acquire Lamar for two first-round picks, which is less than what Deshaun Watson was traded for when he went from Houston to Cleveland. So did you think that they were doing that because they were confident that, hey, look, we're just doing this to set the market. That's all. We we are going to match anything that gets put out there. We are not worried about that risk. Yeah, I don't know if they have to um, match anything. I think now they could say to Lamar, like, look, go out there, see what you get, and if you know something comes along that is compelling for you, like, you should sign it, and then um, – you know, we'll go from there. I've been in that situation before, um, and sometimes when you're in a dynamic where, you know, two sides have been working on a deal for a year, you know, deal fatigue sets in, and um, I could see why, you know, Baltimore would do this, and hopefully there's a solution that works for everybody. Would it, would we, would it be fair to be critical of them if they don't, if they weren't to match it? You brought up this is less than we believe market value would be for compensation for a player. Would they deserve criticism should they lose Lamar Jackson for just the two first-round picks? Uh, well, look, you know, we got, context is everything on a question like that. It just depends on what that looks like. Um, I'm sure knowing Baltimore that they put a really robust offer out there, and um, you know, a lot's been made about Deshaun Watson's fully guaranteed deal, but that is one deal. That is an outlier. So um, I don't know exactly what their last final deal was, but I, I'm sure it was competitive with all the other quarterback deals out there. And you know, Lamar seems to me like he's a guy that you know, once he's convicted in position. That's going to be his position, and right. you know I think we're going to see it play out in the coming weeks. Mike, the the initial reaction, obviously, that all these teams are telling reporters, "Hey, we're not in on Lamar Jackson." Um, let me start with this. I, I when I say this, I don't mean it to be offensive, but like I've just done done this for long enough to know that there's no actual benefit to being honest at the moment. Like it, you don't get a they don't get to hang a banner because you were honest with reporters. Um, in March, when you see all of these reports, the Falcons are out, the, you know, all these teams, the, Bra- the commanders are out, I almost said the other thing, do you immediately say, yeah, that makes sense to me, or do you take that with a bit of a grain of salt at this point? Yeah, I see it uh, somewhat differently. You know, oftentimes when you're speaking to the media, you're speaking to your locker room, so just to focus in on Atlanta for a second, you know, to me when I saw that report, they were talking Desmond Ritter. You know, they're trying to bolster a young quarterback mm-hmm. who's in the formative years of his career uh, to let him know that, hey, you have nothing to worry about here. So uh, sometimes you'll speak to the media to send a message to your locker room. Uh, and I'm sure what Atlanta was putting out there had zero to do with Lamar Jackson. 
and 100% to do with the confidence of Desmond Ritter. I understand that. There's no reason. If Desmond Ritter is going to be your quarterback next season, you certainly don't want him to have thought that you were trying to upgrade over him during the course of the year, right? Like, there's what, what, How does that help anyone if, if you're going out there saying, hey, we're going to flirt with every quarterback, and yet yeah, but we want you still to go back and play next season? That's right. That's exactly right. Mike Tannenbaum is with us here on GCR. Mike, you know the word that's also being thrown around, of course, is collusion. And I'm. this is a very difficult thing for me because in no world could I ever prove that there's any amount of collusion. But when you hear that word being thrown around when it comes to specifically, maybe not even just Lamar Jackson, but the idea of owners trying to prevent what the Browns did with Deshaun Watson becoming normal in the NFL, what do you make of that conversation? Yeah, you know, I could certainly uh, bring some much-needed context uh, to, to that account because I have seen that multiple times. First of all, it's actually impossible to say that right now. That's like accusing someone of stealing a car that hasn't been made yet. Free agency actually hasn't even begun, so it's actually impossible to actually have collusion because the league year hasn't even begun. Secondly, as I'm sure you know, that if you did prove a, a claim of collusion, it voids the entire collective bargaining agreement which, as to give you an illustration of what that would actually mean, players like Anthony Richardson, Bryce Young, Will Anderson become free agents overnight. The draft is actually uh, null and void. So think, think about the hundreds of millions of dollars that would actually pour into players' pockets by voiding a 10-year agreement that gives owners cost certainty. So I don't think there's 32 owners at night sitting around saying, like, oh, let's make sure that this one player doesn't get a fully guaranteed deal and void what is 10 years of cost certainty. And then lastly, I think what the marketplace is going to say, which is when you look at the one team that did do a fully guaranteed deal was terrible last year. They were terrible, and so was the player. So when we see the Rams go out and win a championship and give up multiple picks to acquire great players like the Rams did, that impacts the marketplace. When the Cleveland Browns are an outlier and they stink and the player stinks, no one sits there and says, well, that's what we need to do and follow them. So this whole notion of collusion is just completely inappropriate for where we are right now um i, I understand everything is, is there is do you is your belief that even if it's not collusion if it's just all independent that teams even like beyond whatever deshaun watson did on the field or whatever the browns did that there was a reaction around the nfl like yeah we're not we're not doing that that's just we are not we don't think it's good business we are not going to do that yeah well look, you know, 32 teams are covering championships and they have orders to all right, we'll see if we can't reconnect with Mike Tannenbaum there, obviously coming out very strong against the uh, concept of collusion in the NFL. And clearly, I'm not suggesting that it would be something that would ever be able to be proven in any way, but you know, I, I certainly understand what it is that he's saying. It would not work. Um, yeah, just, uh, Mike, as I was saying, just the idea that... Yep, yep you know, I got gotcha. you. Yep, yep, absolutely. Yep. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I don't. Look, there's some deals that you're going to be past your comfort zone, but ultimately you got to do what's best for your own team. So, again, I don't know what the deal was, but I'm sure that Lamar Jackson's last best offer from the Ravens had um, you know, a ton of guaranteed money. Sure. Um, and, look, somebody else, I'm sure at some point, is going to fully guarantee a deal, much the way Kirk Cousins got one and uh, Deshaun Watson did. But, um, you know, everyone's going to do what they think is in their own best interest. Mike, when the Ravens make a decision like this, do you believe that they are pretty confident they know what the market is? Like, this goes back to, I, I, you know, I don't know how much poker is being played or we can use the term honor among thieves, right? But, like, 
everybody's doing recon, obviously, and trying to figure things out. Like, do you think that the Ravens had a strong confidence about what the market would be before they would make a decision like this? You know, possibly. I, I could say I've, I've been in their shoes with restricted free agents and franchise players, and you know, back in the day, we lost multiple players to the Washington at the time Redskins mm. over sure. you know players we thought they egregiously overpaid. So you, you really never know, um, and you just have to budget accordingly. That's a very fair point. What it's so funny you bring up Washington, right? Because I feel like a few people have brought up the idea that they could kind of be the team that, that pisses in the water given the Dan Snyder situation that maybe he wants to give a middle finger to the league on the way out and say, look at what I'm going to do. You know, What do you make of that idea that Washington could be a complete – they were a wild card when Dan Snyder was comfortable as the owner. What do you make of the idea now that they could be even bigger wild card given that they are in the midst of an ownership change? Yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with their evaluation of Sam Howell and what Ron Rivera and Martin Mayhew think of him. You know, you go back to the North Carolina report on him. He made a lot of plays with his feet. He has a great arm. I think he's a player that, you know, somehow fell in the draft, and I think much more so than, you know, the structure of an offer sheet for Lamar Jackson. Washington has to sit there and say, like, hey, can Sam Howell go beat Jalen Hurts? Can Sam Howell go beat Daniel Jones? You know, that's really how you go about you know, making that analysis for Washington. Mike Tannenbaum is with us, former NFL GM, ESPN, the 33rd team. Mike, how difficult is it for the Ravens to do other business at the moment as the league year opens with this still hanging over them? Like, functionally, other decisions they want to make, maybe, you know, they still need to upgrade wide receiver no matter who the quarterback is going to be. How tough is it to make other decisions and go about building your team when you have something like this hanging over you and we don't know how long it's going to take for it to play out? Yeah, no, there's pros and cons to everything. Look, you know, they're trying to bring back their, you know, star quarterback, but right now, you know, he's going to count $32 million on the cap. And, you know, when you run a team and make these decisions, you know, they're going to have pros and cons to them. And, you know, a con to, you know, franchising Lamar is, it's going to tie up a lot of your cap, and um, I'm sure they're well aware of that. And, you know, you make the best decisions, you know, with that in mind. Do you have to, you know, like, do you have to work under the assumption, that if, if you're in their shoes, are you working under the assumption that it's going to work out with Lamar Jackson and you're building a team based on the idea of Lamar Jackson being your quarterback? Or are you, like, creating a backup plan in this process somehow? Are you trying to make moves in, in case Lamar Jackson isn't your quarterback right now? Yeah, I mean, you do that every day. I mean, you have to worry about your video director leaving. You have to worry about your offensive coordinator retiring. You have to worry about your quarterback moving on or getting hurt. You know, part of running a team is to make sure you're prepared for all scenarios, be it a franchise tag or otherwise. Mike, I wanted to ask you about, there was a report last week, The of course the NFLPA report cards came out, and the Ravens received, 28 teams received high marks for their strength coach. The Ravens received an F- and were by far the worst. Now, they've moved on from Steve Saunders, their previous strength coach, but this is a very unique thing. We don't, the Ravens have always been such a model organization. There's very rarely ever like true backlash. And we saw current player Rashad Bateman. We saw a number of former players, both successful and unsuccessful, who were very strong in voicing opinions about the situation with the Ravens and their strength team. It's just not something that we're used to seeing with a team like the Ravens. What did you make of that? And how much of that ultimately is, like, if it things were that bad, 
how much of that does have to reflect on the entirety of the organization? They continued to allow it to go on for as long as they did. Well, look, um, they made a change there, and um, they're moving on. So, obviously, they thought that was an area they could get better at. And I don't know. I'm not there. It's hard for me to react to anonymous reports to be candid. So, you know, they've made a change, and, you know, that's really that. Okay. At Real Tannenbaum, of course, is how you follow him on Twitter with two N's and Tannenbaum. Uh, Mike, is there anything we can plug for you, man? No, all good. I really appreciate you having me. Thank you for taking the time for us. Mike Tannenbaum. Okay, thanks so much. Former NFL GM with us this morning here on GCR. I'll go ahead and say, of course, they weren't anonymous reports. They were actual players that tweeted about it, and we know their names. I get it. To be fair to Mike Tannenbaum, there's certainly a world in which he's just not paying attention to that. And he has no idea who Bam Bradley is. has no idea who Quincy Attaboy Joe is. Like. I, I, I do want to be fair about that. I can understand that, that it's just not something that's a priority for him. Um, all right, we're going to get into this topic about the Orioles and the uh, the naming rights. I want to discuss that coming up here in the 11 a.m. hour. We'll also, we haven't had an opportunity really to dive in on the uh, John Jones thing, so we'll do that in uh, fighting words that uh, Charles will have for us coming up here in a bit. Hour number one of today's program, also brought to you by the print issue of PressBox. It is available for free right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox. Read it all, PressBoxOnline.com. There's Gunnar Henderson. He's on the cover. He's good. He's good at baseball. That's a good thing. We like that. And you can do a deep dive on Gunnar Henderson with our friend Luke Jackson as he talks about that meteoric rise. How did someone who wasn't a top five pick, someone who wasn't thought of as that guy become so quickly viewed as such a sure thing throughout baseball. Go pick that up right now for free. Your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of those hundreds of locations around town where you find press box. It's Thursday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Baseball season is finally here, and what better way to celebrate than with some fresh gear from Birdland Sports. As a small business run by O's fans, Birdland Sports offers a great selection of unofficial merchandise, including unique designs like Birds Are Coming tees, player cartoon shirts, and championship prediction designs. And the best part? Their prices are more affordable than the big guys. Get high-quality gear without breaking the bank. So whether you're heading to the ballpark or watching from home, show your love for the birds with Birdland Sports. Visit Birdland Sports sports.com today to browse their collection and gear up for the season let's go o's whether your focus is luxury and comfort convenience and technologically advanced connectivity or sporty performance and aggressive styling we've got the perfect highlander for you check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new highlanders from your local toyota dealer today 
Have you experienced hardship due to COVID-19? CCBC has great news for you. We have funding available for short-term career programs like project management starting this March. Gain valuable skills to advance your career and get back on track. With CCBC's project management program, you'll learn how to effectively plan, organize, and execute projects. This is your chance to make a positive change in life. Contact us at 443-840-2222 or online ccbcmd.edu for more information. CCBC Project Management. Your new career starts now with funding available. 443-840-2222 or ccbcmd.edu. Another Orioles season is in the books and the Bataround was there every step of the way as the Birds posted their first winning season in six years. And after promoting two number one overall prospects in Adley Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson, Mike Elias has said it's liftoff from here. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and along with my co-host Zach Goodman, we'll be here every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon all off season discussing every signing, trade, and waiver claim as we navigate the cold winter months that lead to spring training. You can watch us at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and facebook.com slash pressboxsports or listen live at pressboxonline.com slash radio. And if you miss a show, you can find us anywhere you get your podcasts. So tune into the Bat Around with Paul Valley and Zach Goodman every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon right here at Pressbox Sports. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now. To order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point Boulevard. If you need more of Glenn, you can also hear him every Sunday with Rita on 105.7 The Fan. But also, if you need more of Glenn, um, what's wrong with you? All right, back in here on GCR as we continue along on a Thursday edition of the program. Into We're not quite into hour number two, but approaching hour number two of the show. And a reminder that if you missed it earlier on in the week, Stan the Fan Charles Ross Grimsley sat down with former Oriole Mike Devereaux, who's now working, or was working, as an instructor down at spring training, if you missed that conversation, you can find it facebook.com slash pressboxsports, youtube.com slash pressboxonline, or pressboxonline.com slash video. I assume we'll have Stan check in tomorrow morning from down in uh, Sarasota and uh, get his thoughts as uh, what he's seen so far from the Orioles the couple days that he has spent with them. Speaking of the Orioles, again, we are going to take a brief respite from 24-7 Lamar Jackson coverage, but I promise there will be a lot more. Promise. Report this morning from Sports Business Journal says the Baltimore Orioles are looking to sell at least partial naming rights. Blank at Camden Yards. Whatever it would be. Under Armour Park. Nike Field. Whatever Contigo is. Contigo Diamond. What is Contigo? I don't know what they do. They made this water bottle, apparently. I don't even know whose water bottle it is. Probably Paul Valley's, if I had to guess. Because I don't know who else would be sitting in this chair. Contigo Diamond. We need uh, uh, Charles, please. Yes, go ahead. Contigo makes travel mugs, water bottles, and um, that's about it. Well, maybe they want to be Contigo Diamond at Camden Yards. I don't know. Kids' water bottles. Kids' water bottles at Camden Yards. (laughs) 
Vizio Field, at Camden Yards, whatever it would be. That's what apparently the Orioles are interested in selling. Contigo's uh, final service was November 17th. Probably not going to be Contigo, if I had to guess. <laughs> so they have been This would be a hell of a way to announce a comeback, right? This, like, this would be a strong way to get your toes back into the water. Say, we're Contigo and we're here. You could call them Contagone. <laughs> Hello. Good morning. Nice. Good morning. Glenn is on it today. So my question for you. I know no one wants it. I know your initial reaction whenever you see this is always, ugh. it's always an eye roll, right? Like no one ever wants this, particularly for a stadium that has existed for 30 years without any corporate naming. That has existed for three decades with one name, Oriole Park and Camden Yards. We have always been able to say, well, we didn't have to come up with some sort of cheap naming. You know, we're not, we're not hussies. We're not just taking any money from any gentleman out on the street corner what if they called it angelo's park well, how would that be selling i don't know rights? i don't know they, they what are we doing now what are we know. i'm just trying to figure what out if, like what if they just called it phone park at camden yards like the angelo's what if they know, just called it blue park it. but that's that what does that have to do with anything i don't know well, there's a story about, about them the selling the naming rights yeah not changing the name for well, the sake of changing yeah, what it what if they're like selling the minds. naming rights my question, obviously you're going to be bothered by it, but would it actually bother you? Like, would you care beyond just saying you don't want it? Like, that's what I want to know. A ton of responses I've gotten this morning. Let me go through a few of them. They removed the sun sign from the scoreboard. Yes, that I was some time that's ago. where it would be. Oh, that's where it, it could be anywhere. They would the presumably naming, put it the up. The name would be. I would seem to presume that they would put it up a lot of places. I mean, yeah. if you're buying naming rights for the stadium, you're going to get it all over the place. That left field wall. Maybe the left field wall. I mean, I mean the outside facade. Like they're you're going to yeah. get it if you're buying naming rights for a stadium. That's not buying an advertisement somewhere. That's you're getting a lot for that. Um, and again, your broadcasters, the team will make it very clear. Whenever you refer to the park, you Welcome refer to, to it by this name. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember. They what is the name of the state? It's now CQ Stadium at Maryland, right? Like they, but for a little while it was like Capital One Field at. Maryland Stadium or at Bird Stadium back when they used to call it that. And nobody would call it that except for the broadcasters. When when ESPN, not normally the normal, like ESPNU or the Big Ten Network or whatever network was airing a game, the broadcasters would be instructed, you are to welcome people into Capital One Field at Maryland Stadium. Like, that's where you are. That's the name of where you're at. Now, Glenn Clark, who is not a partner would not have the same obligation. But when Johnny Holiday opened up his broadcast, he would have to say that. When they would put something, uh, uh, notes out, a preview of the game internally, it always had to say it. Your responses. Let's get to some of these. Paul Valley from the bat around. Not really. I'll always just call it Camden Yards. Amy follows up. Pretty sure I'd still keep calling it Camden Yards. Four name changes later, and I still call the arena the Civic Center. If you are a certain age, that is the case. Some people still just call it the Baltimore Arena. Some people, despite the fact that it's got a new bank partnership, will continue to call it the Chicken Box because when it had Royal Farms as its corporate name, to me, it's the Royal Farms Arena. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's it was the Royal Farms Arena for like a minute. <laughs> like, that was what, that's when I remember it. That, that's fine. <laughs> Whatever it is that you decided the name of the thing was, you'll probably continue to call it that. And I think a lot of people. I feel to call like it. everyone can get in agreement with that because, like, going to my childhood, where the Wizards play, will always be Verizon to me. 
uh, and, that's, for, and, and that's and for some people that yeah, go back even before, farther, yeah. it was the MCI Center before mm-hmm. it was that. Um, from AP, not at all. If it helps the team make money and they actually spend it on the team, name it whatever they want. File that away. A couple people will bring that up. Um, uh, I don't know who this is. It will just be blank name at Camden Yards. People are complaining just because it's the Orioles. Disagree with that. The complaints come anytime anyone does something like this. And particularly when you've had the same name for 30 years. They could change it to anything. They could, they could change it to baseball field at Camden Yards. <laughs> and people would say, what the hell? It's been the same name for 30 years. Baseball what are we doing? Field. I mean, I know that sounds dumb, but you get what I'm saying. They could just change it to anything yeah. else. Oriole Field at Camden Yards. And somebody would say, why? Like, that. It's not just because it's the Orioles. If the and who knows, it might be like something really cool, like I'm like M and T. We'll get we'll get there. This okay. article like is uh, uh, recommending Old Bay Field. We'll get we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> Settle down. You guys are reading ahead too much. Okay, sorry, sorry. Margaret, uh, I don't call it Oriole Park at Camden Yards ever. It's just Camden Yards. I doubt I'd even notice. Uh, Nick, not going to change what I call it. Rob, it should happen. Let's face it. The current name is dumb. And no one actually says the full name of the stadium. It will continue to be called Oriole Park at Camden y- or Camden Yards, no matter who buys the naming rights. Just make sure revenue goes towards the team and the organization, and not just the pockets of John yeah. and Stop. We'll get there. I'm reading responses. Then we'll talk about them. Promise you. All right. <laughs> keep it in your pants. We're gonna go one by one. If you've got a funny, if you've got a, a witty retort to something, by all means. Okay. But I if, thought it was, but... If, no, no, no. If we'll get into a deeper conversation about that, I promise. Uh, Danny, name anything that generates revenue for the team. Name it all. Name third base. <laughs> Alan, how do you sell naming rights to something you don't own? If it works, I'm totally doing this. Yeah, why can't I sell naming? <laughs> if When I refer to the stadium here on Glenn Clark Radio, if you want me to refer to it by the name of your business... If you want to be yourself as Contigo Diamond at Camden Yards, Contigo, by all means. I'm Contigo Griffin. Bass. Yes, 1,000%. Yeah. I'm brand myself. I'm with it on this. <laughs> yes, but technically we do own you. So <laughs> that's not quite the same thing. <laughs> but I mean, I didn't know if you saw that in your contract, no. but that's the way that it works. That contract. Yeah. KZ, if they sign a 25 year lease, call it whatever you wish. From M, I don't care on the surface. However,. I don't trust the O's to use the money to better the team since JPA publicly stated we're like the Guardians. I thought he said we're like the Rays. <laughs> Where did the Guardians All great come teams. from? <laughs> I thought he, isn't that what he said? He the Rays? Yeah, Am I going crazy? Did he say uh, the Guardians? I think, that, I think he mentioned, he compared. Was he like Tampa? I think he was, no, no, but he definitely said the next Rays. That part was singled yeah. out. I also think at one point he mentioned other competitive mid-market teams and he referenced the guardians in that part of the conversation i also would have a problem if the name is plastered somewhere that takes away from the charm of the park like that filthy hilton yeah that filthy or hilton i don't mean paris hilton who's lovely i mean the hotel hilton they're mad. They're mad about the Hilton. Well, yeah, because it took away the um, the view oh, of okay. the city, the skyline, the whole thing. I get it. Uh, Alex probably would depend on who won the naming rights. We'll get back to that. Uh, your friend Sean, who doesn't want anybody to know who he is. I don't give an s. Ooh, edgy. No wonder he's kind of <laughs> yeah, yeah, edgy. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna hear that. I get it. I'm gonna hear they sold the naming rights and immediately forgot and just continue to call it Camden Yards. I think that that echoes the sentiments of many. 
Uh, Gerard, yes, but I'd still call it Camden Yards, and if it helped the ball club get more talent, then fine by me. Would prefer a company with roots in Baltimore or surrounding Maryland. Paul from Ovilando, no, we're 20-plus years into naming rights for college and pro sports venues, so kind of desensitized to it all now. Fans are going to call it what they want regardless. Madison, not as much as it would have bothered me two decades ago. Let's be real. If Camden Yards was being built right now, naming rights would likely be part of the deal. Brian, I would get used to it, but I love Oriole Park at Camden Yards. Well, I thought someone else said it was stupid. So, I don't know how this works. Our friend John from Little Rock. I'm okay with them selling the naming rights if they use the revenue to buy legit players that will make a difference. So the two things that stood out the most to me as far as actual, a lot of people who just said, I don't care because I'm just going to call it Camden Yards anyway. Get it, right? Like, get it. But a couple of the responses that stood out to me that I find to be relevant. One, as Charles alluded to, the idea that you would prefer it being a local company, a local brand, something that we have some sort of interest in, right? Um... I'm trying to think of an example of where this... Like, when it's an airline that names an arena, like, nobody nobody has any association with that. I'm trying to think of a good example. United Airlines Arena. Yeah, nobody cares there's about that. There's two the, American Airlines. Yes, there's multiple yeah. American yeah. Airlines. I believe... I definitely don't want it to be, like, Crypto.com. Like, yes, that would be very bad, although they're, they might have the money. So, like, um, Minnesota, for example, they have a trend where the basketball arena is Target... Target Center. Right, and Target and was a company that was based they in... the Target field and right. for and, baseball. And, and that again, that was a company that was originated in... Now, I don't know how many people closely associate with Target in Minnesota, right? Like, I don't know if it's something that you feel emotional towards in Minnesota the way that we do... That's like, their favorite thing in Minnesota, though, so that's just... Really? Is going, yeah, going they, to Target? They're proud about Target. All right, there. okay, then, that, then that, that counts. For example, Bank of America in Charlotte is a huge employer down there. Like, Bank of America is a massive employer in Charlotte. As much as we think of Bank of America as a national brand, locally in Charlotte, they're a, a overwhelming presence. So it makes sense. A lot of people work for Bank of America. It makes sense. But I don't think that there's a, a pride that comes along with it. Like, we love Bank of America. It's just as much as it happens to be the bank that exists there. Obviously, we are particularly passionate about a few brands around here. We're maybe not quite as passionate about Under Armour as we were, you know, eight years ago, ten years ago. Ten years ago, it was Bedlam. Admittedly, basically everything I own is still probably Under Armour. Like, not everything, but I still own wear more Under Armour than I wear anything else. Whether that's, you know, my association with being a local company or just that was what I started buying and old habits die hard, right? Like, I couldn't tell you what the difference is, but admittedly, I'm still mostly, I'm far more Under Armour than I am anything else. I do like bonobos as I've become a, a pants owner, you know, because like, I've decided I can't just wear jeans everywhere in my life. I do enjoy their uh, their pantaloons. They work for me. Uh, they're the knickerbockers. I do enjoy that. Um, I, I bring this all up to say, yes, if you could, if, if it were to be Old Bay Field at Camden Yards, people would love that. And truthfully, we did kind of love Royal Farms Arena. Now, Royal Farms does not have the, the money. They are not the type of corporation to make sense for Camden Yards. It was a very unique situation where there, this wasn't an NBA, NHL arena. This was an arena that hosted monster trucks. You know what I mean? Like, no offense to the Baltimore arena, but that was why Royal Farms was able to get in despite not being a major corporate brand. But we kind of loved it, right? Like, we love Royal Farms. It's where we go to get chicken around here. It's like part of our life is Royal Farms. We're not, 
you know, I it it is it is part of the fabric of our community for whatever it's worth. So we kind of love the idea of calling it the chicken box. And if it was old Bay Field at Camden Yards, we'd figure out some sort of fun nickname for that. We kind of appreciate it. it. Whatever you wanted to call it. But that being said, we would roll our eyes about a bank, an airline, crypto, whatever. We would roll our eyes to that. We would say, really, that's what you're doing? Has no association with us. It's just whoever the highest bidder was. That would be the way that it would go. I would be farm. There's very few options for naming rights that could come from companies that we feel local affection towards. There's, you know, and and by the way, it would be McCormick who would be buying the naming rights if it was Old Bay, and they would just choose to say Old Bay, but it would really more likely be McCormick Field at Camden Yards because that's the corporation. There would be Under Armour, and that's about the list. All I can think is, like, I don't think Domino's based here. No, yeah. they're not. Yeah, um, but they have the factory. Burger and then, Cookie. Um, like Bohemian. But that's not Bohemian? a major, like that, yeah. uh, Natty Bo, that's not yeah. even based here any longer. It's Union just a brand that we care. Uh, no, these breweries do not have that type of money. Like, they just don't. I mean, they, God bless exactly. them. I, I, I root for them, but they're not that type of, and by the way, half, of, as well. ha- half of them were sold to, to, you know, major beer mm-hmm. companies anyway. Like, Miller Coors owns half of the, the craft brew companies that you love so bad. Um, not not saying union, obviously. Union is not one of them, but union is not that type of corp. They don't have if not they don't have the money to be able to buy the naming rights at like Towson's Arena. More or less. Oriole Park at Camden Yards. They yeah. they wouldn't have that. And so I guess that kind of goes into what the next point is gonna be. If I mean if crypto.com is gonna offer a billion dollars. <laughs> Cal and, Andrews and, so apparently somebody suggested Oreos. <laughs> Buy the naming rights to make it Oreo Park at Camden Yards. That wouldn't be bad. I wouldn't hate it. <laughs> I would not if the, the if the National Biscuit Company yeah, wanted like, to pur- purchase naming rights. Fair play, Oreos. yeah, right. Like it would be Saw honestly an opportunity to strike. Right? right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It would be kind of perfect. All things being equal, why wouldn't they do that? And who doesn't love Oreos? All in. Let's do it. Oreo Park. Get on it, Nabisco. Um, so yes, the the bigger part of this is the part that everybody's bringing up, which is I'm fine with it as long as I believe the money is going to be spent to better the baseball team. If the money is going to be spent to better the Angelos family, get the entire F out of here with that. And I think that's a relevant part of the conversation. That anything you're doing, you have to continue showing. And it scares you. Right, it scares you when you hear the Orioles saying we're going to be the Rays. Right, like it feels like you're announcing your frugality. Maybe not. Maybe they just want to be competitive year in year out, and that's all they're talking about when it comes to the Rays. But it sounds like it's weird that you pick the Rays. Right, mm-hmm. like it's weird that you pick the team that's never been out of the bottom third when it comes uh, to. Then the rest, of the, he did he did cite the Guardians as well as the Brewers. As well, yes, but I mean, right, but they, those but, are yeah. more kind of flip comments. He yeah. definitely portrayed the Rays as the one that you, they're modeling themselves after. They literally use the phrase, the next, next raise. Tampa. The next Tampa, sorry, thank you. The next Tampa was definitely the phrase. So that, of course, is the bigger part of the conversation. And John Angelos would have to be available again to talk about it, to say, yeah, everything that we do, we use towards putting a better ball club on the field. But it speaks to a trust issue that Orioles fans feel with the ball club. Understandably so. There is 
a disconnect between the Angelos family and the fans of Baltimore. Where and I love Stan, but Stan come on here and say, I you know, I I I'm willing to give John Angel I think he's done a good job. In some aspects, look, the team's successfully gone through the rebuild portion of a rebuild and has put talent together. I think a lot of us like the idea. I certainly love being at the Paul McCartney concert at the ballpark. I, you know, there are things that have been good. I think we like the idea of reconnecting with former players. I love that Adam Jones told me that he had dinner with John Angelos last week. I hope that gets fixed and that Adam Jones will be a, a regular fixture with the Baltimore Orioles moving forward. But because John Angelos' last name is Angelos, and because the Orioles have not started spending money yet, and this looked like an offseason where it would have made sense for them to have spent some money, there is always going to be a large, larger portion of the fan base that is going to say, don't trust it, until they're given reason to. And that, to me, is the bigger side of this. Yes, in theory, the guy that said sell anything, I'm on board. Absolutely. If you're using it to create a better product, and if it's something that you you can do besides raising ticket prices or charging more money for me to be able to watch the games at home, trying to squeeze more money for me to pay a cable sports bill for Masson, which I only ever, literally has nothing else of value besides the games. Leads to Shohei Otani. Yes, 1,000%. Sell first base. First base at Camden Yards is, I mean, literally baseball would not let you put another corporate logo on first base, but tell your broadcasters. Yeah. And playing first base tonight brought to you. The AT&T left left field wall. 100%. Do all (laughs) of it. All of it. Oh, by the way, the Ravens have made a move Uh today. Not related to Lamar Jackson. Only tangentially related to Lamar Jackson. Um, I get the point that is being made about selling everything. Sell everything. Sell all of it. On board. Sell, 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 as long as it's going to pay the players. All right. Uh, we switch gears just for a minute, and we're going to get into fighting words here in a bit. Today's show is also brought to you by the Baltimore County Police Department. They are hiring. If you have a passion for service and want a career for life, the Baltimore County Police Department is looking for you. Cadet salary started over $32,000 a year. Entry-level officers over $60,000. Lateral officers $64,000. A $10,000 signing bonus available for entry-level or lateral officers. Plus, great opportunities, vision, dental, medical insurance, promotional opportunities, uh, 25-year retirement at 60% with 3% every year thereafter, up to 100%. JoinBaltimoreCountyPD.com is the website. 410-887-5542 is the phone number. The Baltimore Ravens have executed a trade this morning. Adam Schefter reports the Jets have agreed to send a 2024 seventh-round pick to the Ravens in exchange for Chuck Clark. Uh, The trade is agreed to but cannot be processed until the new league year begins on Wednesday. So what that means is that the Ravens were going to release Chuck Clark and they put out feelers, could they do anything better than just an outright release on Chuck Clark? It's a bummer because Chuck Clark's a good football player and reminded you every time he's been on the field of how helpful he's been. Chuck Clark has been a very helpful piece, not just for depth reasons, but as a starter. He's been extraordinarily helpful. He's literally worn the green dot and been the one doing the communications for the Baltimore Ravens. 
Um, it's a bummer to lose Chuck Clark, but this is the way this game works. You're going to have to lose somebody. And again, I think we were all prepared. Chuck Clark was one of the first names that came up whenever we talked about moves the Ravens might have to make. Gus Edwards' name shortly thereafter. Devin Duvernay's name comes up a lot. Um, of where they could go to find money in order to make this work. I did not pull up. Let me pull up. Um, what his... Yeah, what the actual savings will be. Hang on uh, a second. The um, seventh rounder is rough, though. Well, they're going to cut him. It's what yeah. happens when yeah. it, you're getting... The guy's going to get cut, and yeah, every team knows that. As every, a player, you, I feel like you'd just rather get released, like, just mentally. Well, like I don't know if they talked to Chuck Clark. Yeah, he might have been like, I like said, the Jets look, anyway. Look, yeah. man, you know, like, I, you just don't know. I don't know how that played out where it's, they said. It's just the feeling. There's a bunch like, of different teams that are willing to give. There's three different teams that are willing to give us a seventh round pick, and we'd rather do that than just outright release you. Is one of these teams a team that you look at and say, I'll go play there? Chuck Clark's from Philly, so, you know, mm-hmm. it's not far from home. Joe I could Douglas see, continues to collect former yes, Ravens. Yes, obviously, there's that as well. But, like, I could see, I, and I don't know this, I'm just speculating. The Ravens very well could have gone to Chuck Clark and said, Hey, it's the Jets, it's the, you know, the Saints, it's the the Seahawks. They would all give us a pick for you. Is there one of those teams that you look at and say I'd rather be there? And he says, "Well, they're about to have Aaron Rodgers and it's not far from my home. Yeah, I'd rather be in New York. Go ahead it's and make be, that deal." Looks like it was going to be 6 million dollars. 6 million, but some of that is still going to count against dead cap. Like they can't get rid of the dead cap in a trade. So, they're going to save 3 million. 3 and a half million dollars it looks like. Um, by trading Chuck Clark. Yes, he carries a dead cap figure of $3.29 million. His salary, his cap hit was going to be 6.76. So it's roughly $3.5 million they saved by trading Chuck Clark. That He was going to be gone. Now, somebody would say, couldn't you have just worked out something that got that number down to what the dead cap number was? Then you find yourself sort of doing this every year, right? Unless you're committed to Chuck Clark, as being a long-term part of the plans. Unfortunately, this is the way the business works. Unrestricted free agent next year? Maybe he comes back? Yeah. I mean, I, Chuck Clark looks like a guy that can get some bank, like that, that could end up making some real money, and that's part of why it might have been difficult for you to go back to him and ask him to rework a deal to be more favorable to you, get that number down to about the dead cap. Look, this again, I, what I'm trying to say, this was expected. It's expected. I get it. It sounds like it's not a fair return for Chuck Clark, but that's because it wasn't a fair trade market. You weren't walking in saying, we don't have to trade this guy. You got to blow us away. It was the exact opposite of that. Every team in the NFL knew you were going to release him. And so you got what you could get. That's all that the trade ended up being was just, how do we do better than just outright releasing a player? A future seventh round pick is essentially nothing. It's not even a seventh round pick this year. (laughs) Like it's uh, literally about, I mean, I guess it could have been worse. I guess you could have had to have given them – you could have swapped yeah. seventh-round picks, right? <laughs> like, that would have been worse. But that's about as little as you could get in a return. But it is more than nothing, def- definitively more than nothing. And expect there to be more moves that still have to be made. Again, they've got to get just below the the threshold before we even deal with the Lamar Jackson conversation. If they end up getting a deal done ultimately with Lamar Jackson, they'll have to get further below the salary cap number, and they will have more decisions that they will have to make between now and then. So that's it. That's all. Uh, Chuck Clark ends up being a, a salary cap casualty for the Baltimore Ravens as he has dealt the New York Jets for a future seventh-round pick. All right, let's do fighting words. Of course, it was a big week. There was a huge fight. I lost money. 
we'll deal with that. Not on John on, on Valentina. Yeah, she's screwed everything up. Thanks for nothing. Uh, Fighting Words is brought to you this week by Birdland Sports. You can get really cool gear right now from Birdland Sports. They are by O's fans, for O's fans. You want this awesome 2023 World Series Champs t-shirt. The Birds in the style of the wire. Of course, the Birds are coming in the style of Omar with the Oriole Bird wearing the... Like, it's all there available for you at BirdlandSports.com. Order now and you'll have it in time for opening day birdlandsports.com price is cheaper than the big guys but the quality of the product just the same if not frankly better lot of fun shirts available at birdlandsports.com fighting words let's get into it prince charles yes so as glenn started to mention uh ufc 285 um had uh some some shocks, some... Uh, By the way, this a is... A lot of shocks. Hang on, hang on, really quickly. This is an interesting this, note. Our friend Tracy Elizab, who works here at PressBox, when she worked for um, uh, Pimlico, she said that McCormick did purchase a race sponsorship but named the race the Old Bay Stakes. So, again, mm. they could do that. They could choose to. As a company, you can choose to say, we want to promote, for what it's worth, the same thing with Oreo. Nabisco is the company... Yeah. They would be purchasing the sponsorship, but to brand it at as as Oreo Park at Camden Yards. Which again, I am, I love it more and you. more every time yeah. I hear it. Every time I hear it, I'm like, I'm just all in. Oreo. Who doesn't love Oreos? <laughs> Who wouldn't like that association? It's perfect. Get on it, Nabisco. Get on it. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, of course. But yes, it um, could be, it could be Old Bay if they if if McCormick. McCormick wanted to spend that type of money. But yes, the return of. Uh, I have no hesitation in saying this now. UFC GOAT, John Jones, like the dude just made what everybody thought was like the the freak of the heavyweight di- division now that Francis is gone. Just just got on his back, backpacked him, and then put his arm around his neck, and that was that. Um, uh, I would still say for what it's worth, people would prefer to have been Francis. Like that oh, is yeah. still oh, part yeah. of the awkward I mean, part of the nobody's debating the John Jones greatest UFC yes, fighter, of, fighter all of all time. There's no debate about that. Well, I mean he's the greatest mixed martial who would be the greater mixed martial artist of all time. I, yeah, I mean he's the greatest mixed but martial even Francis had to watch that fight be like, man. But glad I got out. It well well I, I he, he probably it thinks took he him can, five he, rounds and Cyril had no I, marks. He probably thinks he can starch John Jones. He might think that. I don't know if he would or I if he wouldn't. He can, I have no but. clue. But it just would have been. It, it is there. It's the only part that's awkward about it is that he is the heavyweight champion, but there's kind of a default to it because there wasn't the heavyweight champion, right? Like yeah. that you didn't win the heavyweight championship from the they're, champion. They're calling him the undisputed when and now right. he's, he's number one pound for pound. That may, look, I'm, rankings, I, yes, 100% on that. It's just the only awkward part about it is that it wasn't Francis. That's it. That the UFC didn't make that happen to have that fight occur. And, yeah, they're trying to make up for it now with, like, they're already starting the promo for the Stipe fight. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I still remember Stipe getting absolutely yes. flatlined by Francis. Like, yeah. from, this like is, folded like a lawn This kind of goes back to, like, yes, there's name value to it, and, like, people are aware of... The, a common person is at least aware of who Stipe Miocic is, and so, okay, it sounds like a fight that I would watch, but it doesn't need to happen. Nobody was sitting there saying to themselves, well, now I need to see him against Stipe Miocic. Like, no, we're... We're I good. Think we'll, we'll, like, we'll, we'll watch because we'll watch John Jones. Like that's the way that it works. But this wasn't one a fight. That, there's one fight that needs to happen, yeah. and the UFC's not going to do it. 
Yeah, now that we're not getting that one, I feel like if they just lined him up with the murderer's row of Russian heavyweights, that would solidify and cement him and his legacy I mean, even more. Like, I guess. Just give him just yeah, I mean, all the Russian freaks. But that nothing, are, essentially nothing no other compares to Francis. Like, there's nothing you can do that can compare to doing a Francis fight. Like, there's just nothing that exists that works in the same way. Look, man, uh, all credit to John Jones. Um you know, he's he's an amazing fighter. It was a little bit awkward that at first the broadcast did not see the guillotine, how, the guillotine right? Like, if you've seen the shot of DC the, the three of them and yeah. Daniel, it, like, given Cormier's history with John Jones, it almost comes off like he he thinks there there's something afoot. Now, very clearly, after he saw the other the angle, replays, yeah. he was like, oh, you know, and he and he fixed it and he acknowledged it. But it was that, because it was such a bully way to choke somebody that you just don't see it professionally for what it's worth i was out with some friends one of it who is a grappler and he was like dude what the hell yeah like what that now he also when i was worried about valentina was like dude she's fine i I look at him like her face is purple what are you talking about she's that sunbird that she came out of there (laughs) like what in the world are you saying she's fine her face is a completely different color. I'm about to lose a ton of money. You a-hole. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess transition into that. That that was a really good fight, I think, um, for the for, for Well, for a couple title. of rounds, it was a really boring fight. It was just Valentina going for takedowns. And, like, in the second and third round, it was just she got two takedowns and she was going to cruise towards winning the fight because of it, right? Like, it wasn't like there was a ton of action from there. She just did a good job of shooting and getting the takedowns and controlling the rounds. And, you know, as a champion, it makes sense, right? Like, why not? Just go right. try to win the fight that way. Made a mistake, paid for it. My wallet paid for it significantly because I had a few different parlays in play. <sighs> That's what it is. Uh, the, what I took away from the fight was Valentina was so dominant in that division that it forced all the girls to elevate their elevate their game and but wasn't the story on Grasso that like she was like, she looked nervous as hell going yeah, into the fight I mean, like they she didn't but even she stayed want true the fight. to her training she stayed true to her training yeah. and the game plan and trusted her skills um, they showed it um she was practicing in the back that that back take off the spinning back kick and that's what she ended up taking um, her back and choking her out with yeah good for Grasso yeah, sure. uh, she was certainly deserve, nervous. Oh, deserving, yeah. deserving champion. That's that's the way this works. And yeah. I mean, a hell of a run for Valentina. I mean, unbelievable run as champion for her in the process. I know you guys were hot and bothered about uh, old Bo Nickel. Oh, oh yeah, yeah he, just he, dispatched of champion. Oh, yeah. But I mean, this guy exactly was we, we pretty much a tomato can, right? Yes. Did you see the video that was going around that alleged uh, nut shot in there? Yeah, I mean, maybe there was, maybe there was. I don't know. I, I, like, all I remember from that fight is just Pickett grimacing in pain for about two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> As he's getting like he's just got his arm just crushed up against his ear, and yeah, it was rough. Uh, I um I saw the video and I was like, I it didn't look good. Like it yeah, it, it might have been a clean nut shot. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but Bo was gonna take him down. I understand. Anyway. That's the part. Yeah. Like the part is this was clearly uh, a fight to prop up Bo Nickel. Like it was never like the fight was going to go a different way, but. Still, you don't want that to happen where it ends up being a story in the fight, right? Like, I mean, my God, it, the first second of the Jones fight, obviously, you had yeah. to deal with that. So you don't want that to be the case in the course of a fight. But, yes, I don't think it was a, there was ever going to be a different outcome. They put a tomato can in the ring with mm-hmm. Bo Nickel to purposely have Bo Nickel have a sort of spotlight fight uh, because they believe he's going to be a star moving forward. And 
everybody else who likes mixed martial arts feels the same way. Um, I was entertained. I was entertained, but I, there's very few things that I'm going to, you know, like, I guess Kam- Usman Edwards, I could be coerced into watching that fight. I don't feel the need. I just, unfortunately, yeah. there's still, there are very few brands to me that I say, I have to get out to watch this fight because What's of it. The, I guess for England, what they have going is the fight before the Usman Edwards is, uh, uh, Rafael Fazeev and Justin Gaethje, and that mm-hmm. that is a guaranteed like that's one of those blood sport like that'll someone might die in the octagon kind th- of vibe. Does the winner of that get Islam? You think? I don't think so. I think they're doing that strictly to boost the pay per view mm-hmm. numbers on on England. All right, look, man. Wh- I, whatever, we'll continue to talk about it. I'm just saying, right right now. Even as I looked at the upcoming, I was like. Mm-hmm. My next one out will probably be the next time that John fights. Like that's just where I'm at with all of this. I not God. to take anything. Is there's an Ad, there's an Adesanya that. fight, right? Like, yeah, in April. In April, maybe they're going. Maybe. To, they're going to New Jersey the first week weekend of May. Yeah, for a pay per view. For a pay per view. Uh, the it's, Aljo. Uh, yeah, Aljo Cejudo. It was going to yeah. be in Brooklyn, but they're now in Newark. Mm, yeah. I do like Cejudo. Maybe, but and then I it's think not. I don't know. Uh, I'm a, I'm, this is this is yeah. maybe just I'm not the fan that I was once upon a time. That's my problem now. Like you got to really compel me. John Jones really compels me. Yeah. You got to really compel me. I'm looking into that Newark card. I'm going up. Uh, yeah, making the trip. All right, maybe. All right, very good. Next, I don't know how much UFC tickets are. Uh, so. Just to round out that card, um, the fight at night was uh, Rachmanov choking out Jeff Neal. That was that was an amazing. That fight. was another stand up, right? Wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The standing choke, and yeah, Shoshaw got seventeen wins, seventeen finishes now. Uh, how about that? Uh, he's how about that? Uh, that Derek Brunson's team threw the towel in again. <laughs> it was ten seconds before they did it. I looked over to my roommate, and other people were watching, and I was like, "They're gonna do it. They're gonna do it. I, I can see it. It's it's coming." There's been and literally at the last second, I just seen it get thrown out. There's there's been two. Throw, towel throw-ins in the UFC history, right? Yep, and both, both of them are Derek Brunson's team. How about that? How about just, that? just let them get finished. All right, we got to. I got to. Yeah. We got to move. Um, well, I had a preview of <laughs> the next fight night this Saturday. Um, just go through it real quickly. Uh, they're uh, at the theater in the Virgin Hotels, which used to be the Hard Rock Hotel. Um, they haven't been there since uh, December 2012, and uh, the headline is Piotr Jan versus Marab. Uh, Dwalishvili. Dwalishvili. Yeah. It's sure. A, it's one to, that's hard not to butcher. Um, Yeah, it's going to be a card full of finishes. Uh, If you just want to uh, tune in to watch people get knocked out, they really paired it up really nicely. Uh, The co-main event is Alexander Volkov and Alexander Romanov in the heavyweight division. Um, I actually saw Alexander Romanov this past weekend. Um, uh-huh. I was doing a, I was coaching a kid's, uh, kickboxing sparring event for the gym that i go to and he was coaching one of the kids um, really yeah wow that's how yeah, about that just screaming at a 10 year old in russian and <laughs> this kid is beating the crap out of this poor kid like tears running down his face oh and just, just the russian determination in his eyes how about, like, that? Oh. how about that but yeah um and Krylov and span uh the main event from uh, from two weeks ago was yeah. also on there and uh uh, all I had left was uh, kind of um, a some funny things that happened uh, with 285 this past week. Um, all right, I'm gonna step in here. Okay, I know you love. I know UFC is your thing, right? The Javante Davis press conference was yesterday. Locally, 
way more relevant than anything else that happened in UFC. More relevant than a fight night coming up tonight, right? Like, everybody cares about Javante Davis because he's from Baltimore, and he's, the at the moment, the most relevant you know name in boxing. Um, we had some concerns about whether or not that fight was going to happen, give Javante Davis a situation in the contract, but it's done, and they held the press conference yesterday for Javante Davis and Ryan Garcia. Javante Davis says he's thinking about 2 million pay-per-view buys for that fight, which I think is a bit much. I don't think that – I don't – look, it does, who cares? it's much like the NFL teams. There's no reason why Javante Davis shouldn't lie right now. Um, but Javante Davis, Ryan Garcia, definitely happening after all of the hiccups and all of the legal issues – the fight is going to occur. They did do the press conference. Look, all these press conferences, they just say things for the sake of saying them. But we know for sure the fight is on, and it's going to occur. And it's probably the most relevant fight that Javante Davis has had as a major star. It's probably the first time that he's fought someone that you said, yeah, this is a fight that I wanted. This is something that – this isn't just – Javante Davis goes and kicks somebody's ass to keep padding his stats. I think Javante Davis is going to win for sure – but it's probably the most relevant fight. I'm not trying to be critical, but we just can't fixate on UFC stuff because outside of I didn't know how to feel about it because yeah. when I looked at the pref- pr- the questions asked in the press conference, it was very attacking of his character and a lot of the things well, that that's part of the it. story with Javante Davis. Like that's a big part of the story with Javante Davis. You can't ignore that part of the story. Like you can't only celebrate Javante Davis when. There's been a lot of stuff that is not worth celebrating when it comes to Javante Davis, and he can be mad about that, and he can be bothered by it, but there's absolutely a part of the story here. I think even in Baltimore, there are people that are conflicted. Like, I I want to root for the guy because he's one of our own, but, like, he kind of comes off as a huge piece of crap to me, and I don't know if I can root for the guy. It's all He's a complicated figure in that way. Look, there, there, you know, there's a comparison to be made to John. John, not nearly the types of things that maybe Javante Davis has been alleged of doing, but some of them... Sometimes it's difficult. I, as somebody who cares about John Jones and was John Jones is very helpful, I struggle with it at times, right? Like I struggle with how far I can go in celebrating John Jones and like remembering some of the things that he's been accused of. Like it's a very fine line when it comes to these things. And I, you know, good on the press for not just you know pumping up Javante Davis, but being willing to say, hey, like, dude, you've done some really essy things. Like you've done some really awful things. And you have to address them. Appreciate it. We got to we got to grab a break. Thank you for uh, for fight words, Prince Charles. Appreciate it. When we come back in. We will uh, continue. Get back into Lamar Jackson conversation. Former NFL GM Randy Mueller joins us next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry level officers started over sixty thousand dollars and over sixty four thousand dollars for lateral officers with ten thousand dollars signing bonuses available. Plus, cadets started over thirty two thousand. Great benefits are available like medical, dental, and vision insurance, tuition reimbursement, fifteen sick days per calendar year with no limit, career advancement to more than twenty specialized units, and more. With further incentives for military service members and veterans. A passion for service. A career for life with the Baltimore County Police Department. Find out more at joinbaltimorecountypd.com or call 410-887-5542. Must be a United States citizen, have a valid driver's license and a high school diploma or GED equivalent. 
The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles Orioles phenom Gunnar Henderson, breaking down how he was able to become the top prospect in baseball at such a young age and what could be next in his first full MLB season. Also inside, we meet lacrosse players from the men's and women's college programs across the state, and Bo Smoka breaks down another year wide receiver issues for the Ravens. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Have you experienced hardship due to COVID-19 and want to start a new career path? Look no further than CCBC. Starting in March, CCBC offers short-term career training programs like real estate sales. And the best part, funding is available for those who qualify. Real estate sales is a lucrative career that can provide a stable income and flexibility. With CCBC's real estate sales program, you'll learn everything you need to know to get started in this exciting field. Call us at 443-840. 2222 or ccbcmd.edu to learn more. CCBC Real Estate Sales. Your new career starts now with funding available. 443-840-2222 or ccbcmd.edu. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point Boulevard. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Check out pressboxonline.com every day to find daily winners and betting advice from Jeremy Kahn. And if you want some advice about life decisions that you probably shouldn't make, here's Glenn Clark. All right, back in here on GCR as we continue on a Thursday edition of the program. Today's show also brought to you by PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. Baseball betting is here. You can bet during spring training, and, of course, you can start thinking about futures bets and season specials, player award bets. They're all live right now in Maryland. Go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers right now. If you bet $5 with DraftKings, You'll get $200 in instant bonus bets, along with other great incentives and promos. Again, you got to go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers right now in order to take advantage of them. Getting more and more responses, more people that are just coming in about the uh, Camden Yards thing that specifically only okay with it if they use the money to pay for players. I get it. That, to me, is the biggest part of all of that that will be okay with whatever you do as long as it's putting a better product on the field and as long as we don't feel like you are just pocketing that money. That's been significant. Um, as far as Chuck Clark is concerned, this was from Dave. 
Dave says, Glenn, I feel like the, the Ravens are going to miss Chuck Clark more than fans recognize. It's easy to say that he was always going to be a cap casualty, but I think this speaks to why it is that so many are so opposed to going $50 million guaranteed. Yes, I get it. You have to have a quarterback in order to win, but the idea that this isn't going to end up biting you in the ass at some point is crazy. Yeah, I mean, I hear what you're saying, man. I do. 100% I hear what you're saying. But I, you still have to a- ask yourself that question. Is the difference in winning a Super Bowl, the difference in play between Chuck Clark and, who, by the way, was a late-round draft pick, and whoever the Ravens are going to find to try to replace Chuck Clark, or is the difference in trying to win a Super Bowl having high-level quarterback play or having mid-level quarterback play? It stings. No, nobody is trying to undersell that it, it's a bummer to have to lose a Chuck Clark. Nobody wants to have to lose a Chuck Clark. But that's the nature of having a quarterback. You've got a quarterback. They can have a Chuck Clark. The Jets might end up having a quarterback, too. It looks like Aaron Rodgers is going to be their guy. But that's the way it works. It's the nature of the beast. Let's continue to discuss the Lamar Jackson situation. This man has always been a friend of ours. And despite the fact that he's in the throes of XFL season out in Seattle, he hops on with us for a few minutes this morning. He is former NFL GM on our friend, Mr. Randy Mueller, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Randy, it's Glenn. It's always great to catch up, my friend. Thank you so much for taking the time for us. Oh, my pleasure, Glenn. Good to be back. Not a problem at all. How's life with the Sea Dragons? Well, it's pretty good. We're, uh, we have a good team. We haven't always played that good yet, but we're on our way. It's okay. a process, right? And You're, we're getting there. I like that. I like that. You can't, yeah. you know, it, it, always a good way to spin things. You can't win them all. That's the way that it works <laughs> in football. Um, Randy, specifically, yeah. as, as you're aware, you know, you and I have talked about Lamar Jackson, I don't know, 27,000 times over the course <laughs> of the last yeah. couple of years. But this is the first time we're going to talk about a non-exclusive tag. When you heard the that percolating that that was a possibility and when the Ravens ultimately did it what was your kind of initial reaction to the idea of it being the non-exclusive tag well I actually had thought about it long and hard before then and this would have been the route I would have chosen as well so I can't really be critical of the Ravens I think it's the move they had to make once they did it I'll be honest with you Glenn my first reaction was I hope Lamar finds an agent somebody that can help him navigate these waters because it is one thing to negotiate with your employer where you've been with for years. It's another thing to negotiate on multiple levels with multiple people who you have zero relationship with. It's just a really hard situation. And I hope that he looks and gets some advice. And I know he's talking to the NFLPA and and that's great. You want to do what's right by them, but he needs somebody in his corner. And sometimes, that can only be a guy that's represented by you. Randy, let me, let me, I, I know that's a relevant part of this conversation. Let me go back if I could for a second, though. When, when you said it's what you would do, is the factor there that you're doing it because you're confident in what you think the market is and that the market's going to come to you, and even if there is an offer sheet that's placed out there, you're going to be able to match it? Or are you doing it because you can live with the risk of one team being the one that blows this whole thing up and front loads a contract that you can't match? And if that's the case, I can live with it at this point. I feel like I've done everything I possibly can to keep Lamar Jackson. I'll just take the two first-round picks and move on. 
I think there's truth to that for sure. I do think they've negotiated this down to a nub, right? I mean, they've been through every dynamic of this whole deal, and it's really been a two-year deal uh, to, to come to this point. I do think they want to, one, jumpstart it, two, give, give Lamar an idea what might be out there market-wise. But, yes, I think at the end of the day, the Ravens are saying, hey, we're willing to take this risk. We, we have done everything we can to make you happy, and this is how we value you. Just because you think your value is something different, these are the rules we have, and we'll put this you know, choice in play and be willing to live with the outcome. If, if they didn't feel the risk was worth it, they wouldn't do it. Do you, knowing what you know about how this process works, do you, do you think the Ravens are confident that they know the market? Like that they, you know, from whatever conversations they've had with their friends around the league and, you know, I, if I can use the phrase honor among thieves, like do, do you feel like Eric DaCosta and them say, we, we are confident that we know what, that we're not off on this, that we know what the market is and it's about what we think it would be? Yes, I do think they've done their homework. They've always been a really thorough organization, especially on the business side. I totally think they're comfortable with where they're at, where they're at, and they have done their research. I guess the only thing you could maybe say would be a fly in the ointment is if they don't have explored any other options elsewhere. And I know they don't want to give Lamar the idea that we're looking to replace you, but they have given him an option to go shop. Mm -hmm. I would surely be shopping myself so that I have something in my back pocket just in case. Well, I guess the question would be, what could that possibly be? Right? <laughs> like if you have to hold, well, th- if you have to hold $32 million against your cap right now for Lamar Jackson, no matter what, I, what could you possibly be doing? I, I mean, I guess you could say we try to upgrade the backup quarterback and somebody would say that maybe say Baker Mayfield would be an upgrade over Tyler Huntley if you went that way. But I I, I feel like you're, you're kind of locked in, aren't you? Well, I, I, I think it might have been you and I that talked about this a couple of years ago. I would have had other options already in my pocket just because I could see where this was going. And this is the hill that, that Lamar has chosen to make his stand on. And I don't think the Ravens are going to change their structure, their philosophy, their ideas, or their value. And I thought that before this season even started. So, I, I'm only surprised by the fact that they haven't done more to give themselves another option. That's all. Where they get it, I don't know. Um, maybe they think maybe there is somebody on the street now that they think they can live with. They would obviously get at least two first-round picks, and you can always do something with those as well. Right. So I, I would be beating the bushes and finding every uh, option I could so that I don't have to make a bad deal. I think the Ravens more more than this being about. Lamar, in my opinion, it's more about a choice of do we think this skill set, this style of offensive play can get us to a Super Bowl? That's the big question for me. It has no personal effect on, on Lamar. I'm, I'm, I'm liking Lamar. I know what he can do. But is that style with he, that he brings, and we, do we have to play with a certain offense that he can really function in, is that good enough? That's the choice. It's almost as much of a style choice as it is a personal quarterback choice. He is Randy Mueller, now with The Athletic and Heavy, and of course out in Seattle with the Sea Dragons. He's with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. I, Randy, I hear everything you're saying. I, I guess my question would be, with knowing that it's counting $32 million and knowing that this could still play on for some time, how do you approach it now? Like it, you've, you've kind of put yourself in this position. 
Are you building a team with the assumption that Lamar Jackson is your quarterback? Is there a way, knowing what you're dealing with, knowing what your limitations are cap-wise, they've already today had to trade away Chuck Clark in order to clear some cap space. Is there a way to build a team with a backup plan? To your point, they're going to get two first-round picks, but I guess it's possible that could be a late first-round pick. One of the teams that could be in on this could be a team that's not a top-10 pick, and then you're kind of out of the quarterback market at this point. Are you stuck just saying, hey, we have to operate under the assumption that Lamar Jackson is our quarterback and build a team with that assumption in place? Well, I think you have to build a better team regardless of who your quarterback is, and I think that's what they will do. Whether the cap space is there all the way for them to kind of tweak their roster, that's to be determined. But I think, and again, I cannot Eric DeCosta's shoes, but I would sure be trying to upgrade everything I can no matter who our quarterback is. So there is a lot that gets said about build around a particular quarterback. But to me, that doesn't hold a lot of water in any NFL franchise. I'm trying to build the best team I can. And to, to say that we can only do this around this quarterback doesn't hold water with me because I think you've got to get better in every way. If you're not getting better, you're staying the same, which means everybody else is, is catching up to you. Mm. So I think that it, it was proven the Ravens aren't good enough yet. So they've got to find some other ways to get better. Randy, the, the obviously there's been a lot of uh, bluster about the news that all these other teams have told reporters, hey, we're not going to be in on Lamar Jackson. I want to go twofold on this if I could with you. The first being, how much do you actually believe all of like I, I say this, you know, kind of tongue in cheek, but you don't get to hang a banner for being honest with reporters. And I've I've come to accept that there are times where I'm just going to be we, we we laughingly call pre-draft press conferences the liar's luncheon, right? Like, we we know regularly that there are things that are being told that are untrue. I don't think it benefits you if you're the Atlanta Falcons and you might end up meeting Desmond Ritter to be your quarterback next year to say publicly, yeah, we want Lamar Jackson because you might not get him. What do you make of – is are all of these teams that are saying no definitely being honest in this process? Well, I, I wouldn't doubt what they're saying. I'm a little surprised that they're even taking a stance. I think they are taking a stance because they don't want the media speculation to, to be a, a detriment to what they're trying to do. So that's why they want to put it to bed. I, I really don't distrust what I'm hearing. I think, again, for everybody else, it's a stylistic approach that a lot of NFL offenses, it's not the best fit, and that's all. And I think it has nothing to do with, with Lamar. Or, or him not being good or not being worth what he thinks he's worth. It's more of a style. There's a lot of offensive coordinators in the NFL that want to do things differently than, than what the Ravens have done. And I've said all along, you got to give them credit. They've been all in on Lamar for this amount of time. I'm sure they're still all in in the back of their minds right now. But I just think it, it, these teams aren't going to say this, I don't think, and blatantly, you know, to try to throw people off the scent, that's for sure. It's not like draft talk, in my opinion. This is seldom said does it, that a quarterback like this even gets to the market, and teams usually don't comment at all. So I am a little surprised that, that these stances have been taken publicly by, by a couple NFL franchises. I guess my question you know, in response to that would be, like, can you understand why somebody would say that the style argument, if Sam Darnold's going to be your quarterback, what the hell does it matter what your style is, right? Like, that, the, the idea that every team is saying no – I, I don't know. It's it's tough, Randy, right? Like, the, these teams don't have it, and they can play whatever style they want to play. 
you can't make somebody who's not good at this better. You know, like there's not 32 good NFL quarterbacks right now. I agree with that. I think that's why, you know, teams get to select the flavor ice cream that they like. I think the other part of it is, and this kind of goes without saying, is that the hill to stand on being a fully guaranteed deal. There's just, you know, not many that are willing to take that on. And, And I think before that even becomes an issue, uh, in, in some media market uh, where, at, where they're looking for a quarterback, they don't even want to go there. So that's probably part of the reason the NFL teams have said what they've said as well. They, they're not willing to even entertain that. And I guess that leads to the other question. I'm assuming that you're going to say that you know when, when you hear the word collusion, you don't buy into that. No, I think that's – I just think it's business sense, and, and colluding is, isn't even anything that comes into my mind because I've been on that side. There's no conversations between teams at all. Again, I've never owned a team, so maybe owners have some right. conversations, but I know there's no no contact between GMs as to, hey, let's do this or let's do that. That's That to me is not true at all. You, I guess away from collusion, the idea that it's not really about Lamar Jackson as much as it's about teams saying, we're, this is just isn't how we're going to do business with any quarterback. Like We're not what the Browns did. We don't care who you are. We're not doing that. Um, we don't think that we can win that way. I would agree with that, and I think if you – pinch the Browns right now and gave them some truth serum, they, they might not go that route either again. So I think we all pay a price. We all get to build our teams how we want. And sometimes the decisions we make, we, we regret. And I don't know if I'm not putting words in the Browns people's mouth, but that seems to me like that has gone nowhere right now and has created a lot of problems. Should we be at all worried, Randy, about the possibility that whether it's fair or not, right? And I made the comparison earlier. We've all in relationships been in situations where like and I'm I may I, this is hypothetical I'm saying I say to my wife you know I'm not really in the mood for um chicken tonight and all of a sudden it turns into you don't respect me you don't appreciate and you're like what the hell just happened I I don't I just thought I said I didn't want chicken tonight right like I don't think that's what occurred here would you be at all concerned that even though the Ravens are just trying to go about this in a fair you know business way that they feel like they've negotiated above that there is a point at which Lamar Jackson says yeah but I'm I'm just really mad you didn't take care of me. I'm just really mad that you didn't aggressively meet me at what I wanted, given everything I've done for you at a cheap price. And at some point in this process says, hey, if anybody puts an offer sheet on the table, I'm telling you don't match it because I'll literally sit out the year before I play for you next year. Well, I think there's always a risk when you don't have an agent involved of things getting personal. I've said that from day one, that the tone of the conversation matters. Every word has to be calculated. And if somebody takes these feelings personal, that's, that's a, a bad thing in any relationship. So I've always thought that that was the risk, that he would take it personal. But, hey, if you're going to do this yourself, you've got to be a, a big guy and take the good and the bad. And the business side of it, that's why 99% of the players have agents to handle their business. If Lamar, you know, I, I, here's the the only thing about the agent side of it, Randy, that jumps out to me. If if this is a Lamar Jackson thing, if he was saying to an agent, "I'm not agreeing to a deal that's less than the Deshaun Watson deal," would we be in all that different of a situation than we're in right now? No, but I do think an agent understands both sides of it more than just the player would. It's one thing to demand that you be paid like this or that. It's right. one thing to actually be set up to get it. And in this case, he doesn't have the hammer. So eventually, at some point, he might, but he's going to have to, you know, play out two more years to get there. And, and boy, it's interesting to know whether or not he's willing to do that, right? Like, there have been insinuations that he that he might be. Yep. And I, 
Like that to me is the other factor in all of this, uh, Randy. That I I just don't know if in some world Lamar Jackson has gotten to a point his dealings with the NFLPA or his opinion where he has said, "Look, I'm I'm willing for to fight. Like I'm in this. I want to I want to end the franchise tag. I want to end you know not getting fully guaranteed contracts. I will fight this tooth and nail until I can't fight any longer." To the point of viewing himself as a martyr in all of this. If he does, more power to him, but most guys aren't going to pass up paychecks like that. That's so a fact. God bless him. That's a fact. Yeah. I think you're 100% right about that. Um, <laughs> but the good news is we'll probably get to have this conversation more times, Randy Mueller, because <laughs> I don't think it's going anywhere. Any, like I just, I am not hopeful that this is speeding towards the end of this process. I still feel like this could drag out in part because, as you point out, there is no agent involved. Um, what can we plug for you? The podcast, everything. What should people be checking out? Well, we just kind of rebooted the podcast this week. We had taken three weeks off after the Super Bowl. So Mike Sando and I have a new one coming out, the football GM, and it actually has done really good uh, for the athletic. And I, I would encourage people to, if they want to hear more talk from the GM chair, we spend an hour a week doing it. So it's been a lot of fun to do it with Mike, their national writer. And that's probably the busiest thing I have going outside the XFL right now. Obviously, that's what's taking your time up. MuellerFootball.com, and uh, you can find it at The Athletic. Randy Mueller underscore on Twitter. Always appreciate you, my friend. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. You bet. Thanks. Take care. Randy Mueller with us here on GCR. As expected, two GMs, both of them dismissive of the idea of collusion. Again, that's what I thought we were going to get. And it was weird when we talked to Florio yesterday because he threw out the word collusive activity kind of to replace collusion. Like, you can't prove collusion, but could there be collusive activity? I keep saying this. To dismiss the idea that 32 wealthy men, I guess in Chicago it's Virginia McCaskey who's the decision maker, so it's not all men. I think there might be one woman in there. Um, that These 32 wealthy people would never get together and say, let's try to figure out a way to protect ourselves. Not not everyone in the mob is even wealthy, and yet they're able to get 32 people together and make similar thoughts. We're not going to talk about this. We're not going to do this. The idea that that's impossible or even unlikely is nonsense. Is it specifically what's happening here? Don't know, right? I can't say that. I think that it would be easy to imagine after the, the trigger was, it was something they didn't have to talk about until it was real, until the Browns did it. And then the next time they all got together, kind of looking around the room like, you guys agree we're not doing this, right? Like, that's this ain't going to become the way that we handle quarterback contracts moving forward. And it had nothing to do with Lamar Jackson and nothing to do with whoever the next guy. It was just the trigger was Deshaun Watson. The trigger was it happening, and 31 other dudes walking into a room and saying, come on, man, this, this is it. We're not doing this again, right? 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 Call that whatever you want to call it. If you don't like the word collusion, call it something else. But for me to think that it's, I, with all due respect to Randy Mueller, who might be saying, look, if I was never in on one of those, but I don't think that's who would be in on it. I don't think that... Eric, I think that if you gave the truth serum to some of these guys, they would say, hell yeah, I would do that. If that's what it took, have you looked at who I'm going to have to line up at quarterback next season when my job might be on the line? Hell yeah. 
If I had the option to, I'd definitely go that route in order to get my quarterback. But I've been told by whoever it is, Arthur Blank, Jerry Jones, well, he's his own general manager, so he probably wouldn't be the one. Dean Spanos, they got a quarterback. I'm not I'm not handling this well. I should probably look at the teams. Mr. Ford, whoever it is, I've been told, David Tepper, they've said, you're not doing it. I, I thought it was interesting, like, the way Tannenbaum uh, approached it because he was like, well, look at the, the Browns did it, and they're a disaster. Yeah, but, but that I, really... that, that's utterly unfair. Like the, but Deshaun Watson didn't even play for the majority of the season. I didn't. I should well, have. Now put, they're going to have a. I should have pushed the back largest more on cap that. hit. Right, but we have no ever. idea what Deshaun Watson is going to be. If you saw yeah. him in the last two games of the season, he started to look like himself a little bit again. He hadn't played in two years in the NFL. To judge the Browns by the small amount that you saw with Deshaun Watson on the field would be patently absurd. I mean, the definition of absurd. And I'm. Maybe I should have pushed back more strongly. I didn't think it was the most relevant part of the argument, but in hindsight, I absolutely should have passed. That's ridiculous. It's ridiculous to think that the reason why this has happened is everybody's saying, well, the Browns are a disaster. We have no idea what the Browns are. We didn't get to see Deshaun Watson. Now, after this season, there'd be a stronger argument. After this season, if the Browns stink, if Deshaun Watson stinks, there'd be a stronger argument for it. But there would also be the argument of, hey, maybe you should have known not to do this with the guy that hadn't played in two years. That there, There's a chance the guy might not be the same ever again. Not only what you're saying with the Deshaun Watson thing, but for these teams to like push like, oh, we're doing this for our current quarterbacks. With these teams and these quarterbacks, that, doesn't see, that seems less believable than the claim of collusion. Because like for the Falcons to say, Oh, we're doing this to protect Desmond yeah. Ritter. Well, really? no, 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 no. That's specific. Not going. I'm, what I'm saying is that they're not going after Lamar Jackson. I'm saying they're not telling you they're going after Lamar Jackson because they might not get him. I would say right now, all of these teams, it's less than fifty percent chance they end up getting the guy. So, what's the benefit of telling reporters you're in on Lamar Jackson if the most likely scenario is you're not going to get him? There's no benefit. It doesn't help you in any yeah, way. because the Ravens can match, and a lot of these Correct. GMs don't want to do the so, work of so making the contract. it would be an absurd argument yeah. to say, we're not going after him because of Desmond Ritter. My point is, you don't say you're going after him because there's a chance Desmond Ritter might have to be your quarterback next season. And if he is, you don't want to have spent your entire offseason trying to move on from Desmond Ritter. It doesn't help anything. A year ago, it happened in Cleveland, and if they had missed out on Deshaun Watson, they were going to lose Baker Mayfield too. Now, you might chuckle and say, that wouldn't have helped them anyway. Like, good, they should have moved on from Baker Mayfield. But you need somebody to play quarterback for you. Arguably, pissing off Baker Mayfield is why they had to go fully guaranteed on Deshaun Watson. They couldn't lose because they didn't have a quarterback. They weren't going to have a backup plan. They were going to be completely effed. So if you're Atlanta and you piss off the guy that you have and then it just so happens to be that all these teams line up before you in the draft and take all the quarterbacks off the market, what are you left with? Somebody's got to play. My point is you just don't need to tell anybody that you're going after Lamar Jackson. Why would you do that? Randy's point is, well, I don't understand why you wouldn't just say nothing. And sure, you can say nothing. But if you have a relationship with Diana Rossini for whatever reason, you feel like you have to say something to her, you can just sort of say, like, nah, we're not doing that. 
the idea that the first 24 hours proved collusion because everybody's saying no, my only point being, back up a little bit. Nobody's out on Lamar Jackson yet. As Mike Tannenbaum fairly pointed out, the window hasn't even opened. It's irrelevant what someone said tomorrow or yesterday or tomorrow about Lamar Jackson. They can't even talk to him anyway. They could tell you truthfully, we're not in on Lamar Jackson because they can't be in on Lamar Jackson. Until next Wednesday. Then it becomes relevant at that point. The market becomes relevant on Wednesday. If somebody is reporting on it and saying, look, I'm hearing from Lamar's camp that no, these teams aren't in on him, then it becomes relevant, right? But from the teams, there's just no benefit. There's nothing they get from saying, we're in on Lamar Jackson. It doesn't help anything. There's every reason to say no. The style argument that Randy Mueller make, I, and I did push back on a little that a little bit. Like, get the, I mean, I'm sorry. I love Randy. Randy's wonderful. I'm not trying to, but stop, stop. Imagine thinking you're better off with a bad quarterback playing your style of football than Lamar Jackson. Like, if that's really the way you feel, you're incompetent. You shouldn't be involved in this sport. I mean, come on. That. I'll just let Sam Darnold go be my guy because he plays a style that's more appeasing, appealing to me. It run, literally run him out of town with pitchforks. I mean, you should be fired before you can finish the sentence. The great majority of teams looking for a quarterback now operate under that mindset. Like, look at the Colts. They run in that... We want we want a certain kind well, of quarterback, and now they have yeah. two old certain kinds of quarterbacks. Right, but I don't know how Shane Steichen might change that as he comes in as head coach. Like I don't know what his thought process is going to be. I don't I don't know what anybody's thought process. Anybody who operates under the idea that style is more important than quarterback has to get out of the league. And you, we've got to be willing to say that. You have to have a high level quarterback. Having a mid quarterback who plays a good style or a style that you like is everything okay over there? Everything yeah, good? Yeah. Get very nervous when you start looking at something else and not being involved in the show. It's a problem. Is there, if there's something going on, tell me. Is there something going on? Okay, all right. Thank you. Um, when you start talking about style and prioritizing style, you're not qualified. you got to have a quarterback. That's the way the game works. Come back in. Uh, today's show is also brought to you by... Your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. We'll come back in, get a tidbit, get two bit, or wrap things up. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Are you a diehard O's fan looking for the perfect way to show your team spirit? Look no further than Birdland Sports. Birdland Sports is a small business run by fans for fans. They offer a wide variety of unofficial O's merchandise from the Birds Are Coming tees to player cartoon shirts and more. And the best part? Their prices are more affordable than the big guys. So head to BirdlandSports.com and grab your gear today. Show your support for the birds with Birdland Sports. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. 
Have you experienced hardship due to COVID-19? CCBC is here to help. With funding available for short-term career programs, you can get back on your feet in no time. Starting this March, become a certified apartment maintenance technician to secure your future. CCBC's program offers hands-on training and prepares you for a rewarding career in the growing field of property management. Don't wait any longer. Call 443-840-2222 or online at ccbcmd.edu for more details. CCBC, apartment maintenance technician. Your new career starts now with funding available. 443-840-2222 or ccbcmd.edu. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles Orioles phenom Gunnar Henderson, breaking down how he was able to become the top prospect in baseball at such a young age and what could be next in his first full MLB season. Also inside, we meet lacrosse players from the men's and women's college programs across the state, and Bo Smoka breaks down another year wide receiver issues for the Ravens. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers start at over $60,000 and over $64,000 for lateral officers with $10,000 signing bonuses available. Plus, cadets start at over $32,000. Great benefits are available like medical, dental, and vision insurance, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days per calendar year with no limit, career advancement to more than 20 specialized units, and more with further incentives for military service members and veterans. A passion for service, a career for life, with the Baltimore County Police Department. Find out more at joinbaltimorecountypd.com or call 410-887-5542. Must be a United States citizen, have a valid driver's license and a high school diploma or GED equivalent. If you miss anything on the show, don't forget that you can watch full episodes at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and you can download podcasts on Apple, iTunes, Amazon, and Grindr. Wait, did I say Grindr? I don't think that you would find it on Grinder. Not that I know it's on Grinder or anything, I swear! Second thought, you know what? I don't care what you think. Here's Glenn. Again, baseball betting is here. Your opportunity to get involved. Pressboxonline.com slash offers. Bet as little as $20 with Caesars and get a $100 instant bonus bet credit along with other great incentives and promos when you sign up at Pressboxonline.com slash offers. Baseball futures bets, season specials, and player award bets are already live in Maryland. Go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers now for your shot at winning big. We are winding down for a Thursday edition of the program. Let's go ahead and get a tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you today by the print issue of PressBox, which is, of course, available for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms and the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox. Read it all. PressBoxOnline.com. There's Gunnar Henderson. Great story from Luke Jackson right there on the cover. What you got? All right, so Jim Beheim, 
Yes. Bohan? Bayheim. Bayheim. Yes. Bayheim. Uh, he, uh, well, I guess kind of announced. Yeah, Syracuse very, announced his very awkward. Everything about that yesterday was like, I don't give a rat's ass about Jim Bayheim personally, but like everything, if like if I lived in that market, it would be one of the more, one of the weirdest ways for this all You're to You're asking go. the wrong guy. In literally the same press conference, he said he did his retirement speech already, and then someone said, so you're retired, and he said, no. You're asking the wrong guy. And then Syracuse put out a press release saying he was retired. It's one of the weirdest things that I've ever seen. I just don't really care about Syracuse basketball, but you know, for, he is a legend, as much of a curmudgeon as he is, and as as much as Syracuse has been mid in recent years, like he is a, a very much a legend within the sport. There's no question about yes. that. He will finish his career with the second most wins in all of in college basketball history. Um, so that's he got, uh, he got past. Wow, I didn't. I knew obviously that Shusevsky had the most. I didn't realize he got past Dean Smith as well. That's fascinating. Yeah, uh, you're not the only one past Dean Smith. Wow. Yes. All right. So I was gonna do the top ten. Can you do the? Can you round out the top ten of most wins by a college basketball? Coach? Somebody else got past him too. That's fascinating. Huh. Four guys total are ahead of Dean Smith. I just we kind of stopped counting all of it because once Mike Shashevsky had the record, nothing else kind of mattered. Um, all right, so other guys that had to be modern. So, um, Roy Williams. Roy Williams is third on the list. Uh, nine hundred three all time. Bill Self on the list. Bill Self is not on the list. He is just outside. Too modern. So we got obviously yeah. Shashevsky. Krzyzewski is one. Behan two. Roy is three. Uh, Bob Huggins. Bob Huggins is top eight. He is not so ahead of. He is on, on the list. list. He's on the Thank list. You. Different Bob is ahead of Dean Smith. Different Bob is ahead of Bob Knight. Yes, Bob Knight. Mm. Bob Knight, eight hundred ninety-nine all time. Dean Smith is fifth with eight with eight seventy-nine. I guess I forgot that it was Knight that Shashevsky passed, not Dean Smith. John I Thompson. screwed that up. I screwed up. Go ahead, John Thompson. Uh, not John Thompson. Yeah, I I I messed that up. It was it was Bob Knight who had the record. Bob Knight broke Dean Smith's record, and then Shashevsky broke Bob Knight's record. And it was a big deal because Shashevsky, yeah. of course, played for Bob Knight at Army. Um, Jim Calhoun. Uh, yes, Jim Calhoun is sixth, eight seventy seven, two behind Dean, Dean Smith. Rick Pitino. Rick Pitino. He is tied for ninth, top ten. John Calip- John Calipari. He is the other one with eight hundred thirty one wins. So you have one, Izzo, not Tom Izzo. Oh, that's a good answer, though. I thought that was going to be it. Uh, John Wooden, not John Wooden. How about, how about John Cheney? Not John Cheney. It is not a John. It's not a John. You say? Yeah, not a John. Hmm. Lute Olson. Uh, not Lute Olson. Just outside the top ten. It sounded like you were about yeah. to say something there, and then you Jay sort of right. Not Jay Wright. Man, this yeah. longevity yeah. is not nearly. You got to think of somebody who coached for forever. Mm-hmm. How about? Uh, uh, I don't think all of us were at D one. I was gonna say Jim Phelan, the legend from Mount St. Mary's, but he no. he got a lot of those before they went D one. Coached a program that we already named in the top ten. So it's not Duke. It's not Syracuse. It's not North Carolina because already got Dean. Well, did we say Dean Smith? Yes, he does. Yeah, I counted Dean okay, Smith. Okay, we counted Dean as Smith. you saying him. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, trying to think if I want to give you a hint right now. Has the arena that they currently play in? Oh, Adolph Rupp. Mm-hmm. Adolph Rupp. Rupp. Okay. All right. Yeah. Rupp yeah. Arena. Yeah. yeah. Just got to go Kentucky. Way back. Sure. Absolutely right. All right. Very good. Very good. Yes. I guess congratulations to Jim Beheim or whatever you say. I don't know what kind of card you get. This is always awkward whenever I reach out to somebody that, like, I'm not even when um, Pete Karinji, like, announced his retirement before, like, the first call I made, I had to say, do I say congratulations? Because you just never know mm-hmm. when you find out that someone's retirement wasn't their call. Right. Um, famously, Mike Patrick, who called games for the ACC for years and was a legend on ESPN, we had him on after his retirement. And I was like, man, Mike, you know, what? how'd you know it was time? And I swear to God, he was like, uh. They told me. I didn't really think it was time. I kind of <laughs> like to keep doing games. And I was like, oh, this is a much different interview now than the one I thought I was doing to honor and celebrate Mike Patrick upon his retirement. It's now, oh, you think you're getting pushed out the door and you're pissed off about it. Oh, okay, well, let's talk about that instead. <laughs> it was uncomfortable. <laughs> Mike Patrick called many great games in Maryland basketball history and uh, that interview ended up being picked up all over the country because nobody knew that Mike Patrick <laughs> felt like he was being shoved out the door instead of it being his. Everybody thought it was just doing a year-long retirement tour for Mike Patrick, who was graciously moving on after <laughs> his broadcasting career. And he was like, actually, the funny thing about that is, no, <laughs> I don't want this. I still feel like I can do this. I was like, okay, all right, it's very different. So I've learned from that moment. Now when I see somebody retired, it's, Hey, man, uh, do I say congratulations, <laughs> or what's the appropriate thing to say here? By the way, Pete Karinji, very much his choice. Make that abundantly clear. Very much his choice. He was retiring. He wanted the congratulations was the right thing to say. <laughs> he was not being shoved out the door. But other people, they were retiring, and it looks like Jim Bayheim is retiring. So good luck finding the correct card for the <laughs> retirement party when you get there. Tubular is brought to you today by, ooh, uh, just a reminder, that gambling can be fun, but you should set a limit. Stay within it. Remember that if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or visit helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Big Ten Network for the Big Ten Tournament. Uh, games underway now, Rutgers in Michigan, then Ohio State, Iowa at 2.30, Penn State, Illinois at 6.30, and the one that we care about, Minnesota, Maryland at 9.00. ESPN Plus for the MEAC tournament, UMES Morgan State at 6, Norfolk State Coppin State at 8. CAA Women's Tournament continues today at CQ Arena all throughout the day. Towson doesn't play until tomorrow, but games already underwear there, and they are all on flow hoops. The high school basketball state title games get underway tonight down in College Park. You can watch them on nfhsnetwork.com. 2A boys title, Newtown and Largo at 6. The 3A boys title, City and Damascus at 8. I hate that service. NHS NHSnetwork.com. Yeah. Pay ten bucks a month when the game itself is ten dollars. Like what? Wait, what? You have to pay for the service and then pay for the game? No, you pay for the service. It's gra- it's grainy, bad quality. Ah, good. Don't show a scoreboard. Because I, I had to Hang watch my brothers. I want to make this abundantly clear. This, these are the opinions of Prince Charles. They do <laughs> not necessarily reflect the opinions of Glenn Clark. Unless oh, you have they, no interest in hiring me. They need to clean, they need to clean up their and service. Again, that's for Prince Charles that's saying that. I have no opinion in the matter. Not very user-friendly. If, if you want to come on as a sponsor next week, you're the greatest service in the history of broadcasting. I want to make that abundantly clear. 
The rest of the college basketball tournament schedules you can find at glennclarkradio.com. Orioles-Phillies coming up at 1. There is a video broadcast on MLB TV from the Phillies, If so if you have a subscription. Uh, Tyler Wells and Aaron Nola, the pitching matchup there. Uh, World Baseball Classic continues on Tubi this evening, Cuba and Italy. So if you've, oh no, that was this morning at 6 a.m. I don't know if the World Baseball Classic. Watched Australia and Korea last night. Everybody seems to be raving about the atmospheres at the games. I do remember there being a bit more of an electric atmosphere, um, the past World Baseball Classic, that's just a bit more raucous and you get more like Vuvuzelas and you get more Mm -hmm. of that sort of stuff. Uh, Panama and Cuba tonight at 11.30 on Fox Sports 1. Another U.S. lost to... Uh, the Giants. Yes, but it was it was an exhibition, so it yeah. it doesn't doesn't count. Yeah. I, I, are you they worried about it? I'm, yeah, I'm worried. I don't know if they even played their play. I have no idea how it went. I, I know. My, well, Mike Trout got plunked in his first. For, uh, also, for what it's worth, I also don't care. I'm sorry, you can't get me to pretend to care about the World Baseball Classic. They don't let the pitchers pitch. It's not real. This is not a real competition. Pretending like this is baseball's version of the World Cup is the dumbest thing. You, the, the pitchers, Otani had a good start. I the think. pitchers aren't allowed to pitch. <laughs> And not even just the guys that are pitching baseball. Adam Lowen said because those guys aren't allowed to pitch, he's, he's not, not allowed to pitch either. That that is that, Adam yeah. Lowen's not getting ready to go play baseball somewhere. Yeah, he might have seven innings in him. He's not allowed to do it because it's unfair to the teams that have to protect their pitchers because this thing is all a charade. Stop. This is nonsense. You, you want to watch it because it's better than watching spring training baseball. And there's not, for example, next Monday night there's nothing on. The NCAA tournament doesn't start until Tuesday. There's nothing to watch. You want to watch this because there's nothing else to do. God bless you. Like, but stop. This is not real. I, I do this every time it comes around. It's not real. It's, I don't know how to it's describe it. the World it. Cup. No. Baseball. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a glorified all-star game. I, like, yeah. I, yeah. it's slightly more meaningful than the all-star game is. Slightly, because at least you're wearing your country's shirt, right? Yeah, like. But. Again, you, could they fix it if they did it in like December? No, maybe? there's no time that you could do it where teams would be would allow pitchers to to waste pitches and tax their arm. They would never allow for this. It, it you just can't do it. This is all you can do. I mean, it's fine. Like it's it's what it is. Shows how easy soccer is. I guess that's what it shows. It, I mean, it also shows the structure of soccer that those players care. Like you could pay them billions of dollars to play soccer. And you would never be able to put a pill in there that says, but you can't play in the World Cup. Right. I mean, they would say, I won't take your money. Like, that's the significance of the World Cup. Baseball's trying to start something where they're acknowledging that they'll never be able to get there. There will never be a time where the World Baseball Classic will matter because they're always going to say the same thing. The pitchers can't pitch. We, won't, we will not allow it because we know that it's more important that they be available for their season. So... It's just what it is. Again, but is it better than watching spring training baseball? Probably. Probably. I would, so. s- I would say it's probably a little better than watching spring training. I mean, I, I, with the opposite thing being the at least, least might care about your team and want to see you know, your I prospects. Think the, I think yeah. the nationalism of it like, kind of yeah, holds I think, it over. I think it, like, yeah. Dude, I remember the Adam Jones catch. Like, I, yeah. you know, I, I remember moments where I was like, hey, that was kind of neat. But name anything else that's happened in the World Baseball Classic besides the Adam Jones catch. Uh, yeah, I'll be here for a while. Yadier Molina did something cool, I think. You think? Name Probably. it. Probably. Uh, you know, I think he threw a runner out. Did he? Did maybe. He throw, uh, maybe. Maybe. You have no idea. Cardinals teammates out like last time. Maybe. You couldn't tell me. That's the reality of how irrelevant the World Baseball yeah, I think, Classic is. No, Javi Baez is on. They were both on the Dominican team, right? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. 
couldn't tell you because I can't pretend like it matters. It just doesn't. So I think that's what was cool is since sure. he was on the Cubs, Baez, so they were rivals, and then they were teammates in the If you say so. You don't even know. And it's your literal number two moment in the history of the event, and you don't even know what it is. File that away. Says a lot. Says a lot. Uh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to rant here. Team USA plays the Angels today at three on MLB Network. Devils Capitals at seven on NBC Sports Washington. ESPN Plus and Hulu for Oilers Bruins at 730. TNT Warriors Grizzlies at 730. Knicks Kings at 10. Round one of the players underway on the Golf Channel. Uh, some conca- whatever. That's it. That's what you need to know. Non-sports give me a highlight or two. Uh, Jenna Ortega is going to be on Fallon. She's hosting SNL this weekend. Uh, and Practical Jokers new episode, of course, with Kesha as their little uh, celebrity guest star. Uh, also, uh, MJF, your boy, going to make some make an appearance. Sure, that's not going to get me to watch it. I want to make that abundantly clear. Um, season finale of Poker Face already got renewed for season two, so that's pretty exciting. I should um, watch that. Yeah, I'll get good. Uh, and then uh, the season two part or se- whatever season they're on for you part two. Oh, part two's out. Yes. Okay. All right. That comes out today. I will get to that. Not on immediately, Netflix. but I'll get to that. And uh, then the finale of History of the World Part Two on Hulu. Okay. Very yeah. good. Very good. Everything else, GlennClarkRadio.com. Thanks today to Randy Mueller. Thanks also to Mike Tannenbaum and to Eric Edholm. We'll get all of it up in the greatest hits section of the... Oh, my God, it's so good. ...tab at glennclarkradio.com. Tomorrow, anything? Stuff and things. All right. That's what's coming up tomorrow. You can't miss it. You better not... You're going to feel so stupid if you Full NBA slate tomorrow. Yeah, (laughs) that's what we'll be talking about. I wonder what we'll talk about tomorrow. It could be anything. I mean, obviously, we'll talk about the Maryland game tonight, especially if they were to lose. Oh, God. Oh, no. Please don't do that. All right. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including the Baltimore County Police Department, Problem Gambling, Royal Farms, Costa Sin, CCBC, Birdland Sports, your local Toyota dealer, and buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Charles at charles.ap28 on Instagram. Thanks to Griffin at griffin underscore bass on Twitter. Follow us. Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Thursday evening. Go Maryland. Go Morgan. Go Coppin. Duke sucks.